Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> Give me a name. Like Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast presented by MyBookie. I'm Rich Krejci alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How are you? Long time no talk. It's been, I don't know, 11 days or something since I last spoke. That's, that's, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I mean, we did like what? Felt like six days in a row. Pretty before much, that. yeah. No, we we uh, yeah we had a murderer's row of podcasts before that because we did, uh, we did like our you, you know our whatever the Christmas show or whatever we did that the the earlier that week. Then we previewed Wrestle Kingdom. I think we had a day off. Then we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom Night One. Then we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom Night Two, and then it was like I don't want to talk to you uh, again for a little while. And, and the the Christmas show or whatever burying <laughs> Alan here. No, I meant our Christmas show. Not not the no not the Alan for all Christmas show. That well, we had we had our Christmas show. We had the the Pro Res Paradise Christmas show. We had wrestling Omokase. And then we had the. Uh, you forgot we were Wrestle both on Kingdom. that one too. Yeah, I didn't. I don't mean. To, I, God, I I lost track. And then I did a show in between all those as well. This is just unbelievable. Yes. Jesus. So that's a lot of. Uh, there was a lot of audio in a short period of time there. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. Did you eat? Uh, I did. I did. I had leftover Indian food. So. I still want to order a pizza or nothing because I'm starving. I mean, I'm here. down. I am definitely down. So. Oh, you're down. Even oh yeah. Wait. Well, where are we getting this pizza from? Uh, I'm not. I'm not doing I, the Papa John stuffed crust just for the uh, just for the Patreon. You do that on your own time. You know, I wanted to do. <laughs> I have no time for that shit. I wanted to do a Joe eats for the Papa John's stuffed crust, but I've already done two Joe eats, and they have both been Papa John's products. <laughs> They've both been terrible, right? So they they need to either start paying me. Or yes. I got to do a different kind of product. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're they've kind of they've kind of cornered that market. It seems as of late, like Pizza Hut. That used to be Pizza Hut's thing is that they would, you know, growing up, Pizza Hut would always have I mean, stuffed crust. That I remember that being the thing. And I was like, I remember begging my mom, like, we need to get stuffed crust pizza. She's like, we really don't. I'm like, no, we do. Come on, the commercials. Look at it. You could you can rip it apart, and the cheese just comes oozing out. And obviously, it is not as advertised. It's not nearly as good uh, as advertised or whatever. But they were always. I mean, they had their fucking the Pizzone, 
They they used to always they they now they have that one ridiculous thing. I, I saw it not that long ago. It's it's like a pizza, but then there's like cinnamon sticks in it too or something. Do you get the one local? Did you did you get those ads locally? I forget what the hell this Pizza Hut gimmick was. It looked horrendous. That was a it was a gimmick Christmas box. Which that's came, which right, like a, right, right, right. It looked like a drawer. Like <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. Because on one drawer was like breadsticks. On one drawer was you know this pizza, and then the last drawer was like cinnamon sticks that you could dip in some sort of fucking jizz looking sauce or whatever the hell. So the 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 cinnamon stick icing does in fact look like jizz. <laughs> it's true. Um. Yeah, Pizza Hut were the kings of the gimmick pizzas. Always something different uh, and wacky. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how Papa John's attained the rights to use the name Stuffed Crust. Thank you. I, I was actually, <laughs> believe it or not, as I saw that commercial, I wanted to me- I wanted to text you because I thought if anybody would know the answer to this, it'd be experienced, you know, restaurateur, uh, Mr. Joe Lanza, and especially, you know, experienced uh, pizza eater, uh, Joe Lanza, because I thought Stuffed Crust was like their thing. Pizza Hut stuffed crust with the little trademark on it. What happened? Did they let it lapse and Papa John scooped it up? I I don't know. I I used to be inside, very much inside the uh, the, the pizza business. I know that uh, I think Pizza Hut rolled out the stuffed crust, I think, in 89. You can fact check me on that. But I think they rolled it out in 89. And the so this, stuffed crust... this blog here says 1995. Does that sound right, though, to you? Does that ah, sound too 95. late? That sounds a little no. late to me, but maybe. Maybe it was 95. Maybe I'm off by six years. But the uh, it was a game changer for them. I mean, this thing was enormously successful. And then any stuffed crust special that they would do for the next 20 years was always just crushed it for business. And they did have exclusive rights. Like, that was a trademarked name, stuffed crust. I have no idea how Papa John swooped in. I don't know if they let that trademark lapse. I don't know what's going on. There's nothing stopping you from making a stuffed crust pizza and selling it. But the fact that they're calling it stuffed mm-hmm. crust is is I don't I don't know how that happened. I mean, I haven't I haven't been involved in the uh you know, in the back end of Pizza Hut in many years. That's a company I left a long time ago. Um but so I, I don't have any insight and I don't have any friends left in that company either. I burned all those bridges. But, um, <laughs> so you couldn't, you couldn't even ask them. You couldn't even text them because they uh, probably don't want to talk to you then. Let me tell you something. Um, I was an upper management suit for Pizza Hut for a while there, and I napalmed the bridges. I <laughs> Low-key style? You, you low-keyed it? You were just, I'm never coming back? Keith Olbermann, low-key, name whoever. <laughs> I mean, I told my boss and mentor to take these keys and shove them up your ass when I walked out the door. That that was ugly. It was ugly. My split from uh, from Pizza Hut. Um, And I owe I basically owe that person my career and my life and my livelihood. Just ugly. Um, Won't get into the details. Obviously, I was in the right. I mean, let's, you know. (laughs) You wouldn't admit otherwise, even if it's true. (laughs) You know, creatures, you're secretly sassy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I I trust that you're. I think I I know some parts of the story, and I believe you're you're in the right. So, Um, Yeah, yeah. You may actually know that tale. Um, But, yeah, so I don't know what's going on because the stuff crust, yeah, like I said, was that's what they hung their hat on. They tried a bunch of other gimmick concepts over the years, and you know how it would go? We'd roll out some new wacky concept like the triple-decker pizza or the Pizzone 
or the uh, um, uh, you know what? There's been so many of them. They'd kill it for like two weeks, but then once everybody tried it once, they would never come back and buy it a second time. So you'd get like a two week bump in sales, and then it would just crater, and you'd have to spend millions of dollars on new small wares and new equipment and new spec charts. And most of these items, we would take a fucking bath. What do we, is this pizza fucking? <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. You're It's not helping but, your hunger. I bet, but yeah, can continue. Though. No, but we take a bath on most of these gimmick products because they would not sustain. People would be, would always try them once and, sure. and sales would blow up and they'd always be positioned at the beginning of a quarter, very strategically. Um, and but but most of the the only one that really had sustained success, which is why it was the only one that really stayed on the menu, was the stuffed crust. So I have no idea how Papa John's swooped in and attained that trademark. I'm also surprised that no other company, whether it be Papa John's, Domino's, Caesars, whoever, although they pivoted to discount pizza. I'm really getting to the weeds here. That's a go. But, I, I'm loving it. I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I, I, I having talks with you both on and off the air about pizza has made me in turn like a, a weird like chain pizza expert because people will bring something up. I'm like, well, actually, you know the the, the margins. I did it. They're, like, yeah. they're like, what are you talking? Why do you know this? And I was like, don't ask. Yeah. It's, it's fine. But. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm surprised none of the other chains ever tried a stuff cr- they could have called it something that's what else. i mean that's why i'm so fascinated that like somehow now what 30 years after the you know the original stuff crust comes out all of a sudden papa john's in 2021 decides you know what fuck it let's put cheese in our crust and it, it what like why did nobody else why did domino yeah nobody else decided to, to swoop in on this at any point that's why i have gotta wonder if there was some sort of some copyright lapse or something like that that got them in there because they they did not waste any time. I mean, boom, January first, twenty twenty one, boom. There's there's you know these fucking stuffed crust pizza uh, ads. There's billboards all over my. You know, I'm driving to work. I I literally saw four billboards for the stuffed crust pizza from Papa John's. I'm on my way to work, so they are they're blowing it out for sure. They're excited about it. I yeah, I'm surprised no one has has tried it yet. Maybe they couldn't think of a a creative name for it. Um, cause stuffed crust is, you know, I, but here's the thing. I've seen stuffed crust frozen pizzas and things like that, like by DiGiorno and, and they're called stuffed crust. So I think Pizza Hut only had the trademark on, you know, I guess the, uh, to market them out of a restaurant. I, I don't know. This is just strange that Papa John's has it. I don't like it one bit. Someone in the chat is asking me if I worked for Jim Hurd. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Jim Hurd was long gone by then. Also, <laughs> forgot that Jim Hurd parlayed a you know a, Jim Hurd was also Hut upper management job into becoming running WCW. I also think Jim Hurd was on the corporate end. I worked for one of the uh, franchisees. I worked for one of the larger um, franchisees. I won't say the name, um, but um, yeah. So I never, and I think Jim Hurd was long gone from the pizza business. I would, I'd imagine, yes, yeah, he was, he was probably done by the time uh, I got in, but um, you know, the, the, the two best innovations that pizza Hut ever had were the stuffed crust and the personal pan pizza. I mean, that personal pan pizza was a game changer as well. Pizza Hut's lunch business before the personal pan pizza was virtually non-existent and they needed a hook and they came out with this personal pan and I, and you may not remember this, but in the earliest days of the Pierce personal pan and even, you know, not that long ago, they would run, they would guarantee you that it would be on your table if you dined in in eight minutes or less. Oh, I, I'm aware. Oh, for sure. Because I think you got one on your birthday or something like that. So I, I remember being a frequent uh, personal pan pizza 
uh, guy. Uh, eat in. I always ate in at Pizza Hut. Never took it to go. Ever. I didn't, I didn't even know they, that you could take Pizza Hut to go. I thought I figured in my entire life it was only uh, a sit-down place because we'd either go to the lunch buffet or I, I would get that personal pan pizza delivered you know, to the table. I remember we re-rolled we re out that eight-minute guarantee for lunch on the personal pans, and I went out and got all my store managers these like table timers. And I told them, when they order a personal pan pizza, you hand them this fucking table timer. And it's like a little alarm, yeah, right? Yeah. And you tell them to set it. And all my managers were like, Joe, you're setting us up for disaster. <laughs> you're, you're killing us here. I was like, listen, it could be, the reason it was eight minutes is because the conveyor ovens, in you know, most of the time, were six or seven minute conveyor ovens. So if you could get it in the oven within a minute, you can get it to the table within eight minutes pretty easily. So I had all these table timers. It did turn out to be a disaster because we weren't, we weren't, people were slapping those alarms and we weren't meeting the times. We were giving too many away for free. So I had to yank away the table timers. But that was one of my terrible ideas that I came yeah, up with. Yeah, because eight minutes in your head uh, is a lot different than eight minutes counting down on a timer. Like you might, you know, might get it in nine minutes and think, oh, wow, that was quick. Great. Thanks. <laughs> you know, but if it's actually like beep, 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 you knew you yeah, didn't get it in time. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, so there's that wasn't a great, off. that wasn't a great, uh, that was a great invention by Joe <laughs> yeah. Madden. I'm not going to lie. There's alarms going off all over the dining rooms and I'm just like, all right, we got to get yeah, rid of this. Everyone knows timer. that it's late that that uh, table knows that that table got it late now they're pissed and, yeah just <laughs> not great bad instincts i didn't have perfectly <laughs> honed instincts on that one um but yeah those are the two big innovations i mean someone brought up the bigfoot pizza in the chat Do you remember the bigfoot uh, yeah pizza? the big italy it was called the big italy right the bigfoot big italy no, or something like different, that different two different pizzas the bigfoot the bigfoot was a big sheet pizza that came out probably in the early 90s that was a fucking disaster because it would take up like one third of the oven space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if somebody ordered like two or three of them, we were fucked. Like you had to wait for these things to go through the oven before you can trail it with anything else. The big Italy. Now there was the New York style pizza, which was pizza huts attempt on the floppy New York style, traditional Neapolitan pizza. Uh, of course it was, didn't even come close to replicating it um, because you have the cheap frozen. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, mozzarella cheese. It just, just it, terrible it, it dough. Yeah, just horrendous dough. Yeah, that's not going to work. Dough was actually the closest. Like, the cheese and the sauce is what ruined, like, made it so not the real thing. Um, the Big Italy, I'm trying to think. That may have been a, a, a re-imaged Bigfoot, so you might not be totally wrong. Um, we've had so many of them over the years. I, I get them mixed up in my head. Uh, the cheesy bites. Are you familiar with the I, cheesy yeah, bites? Yeah, that, that was where the crust was just like rippable cheese bites or something. Little, yeah. The, now, listen, this was such a disaster Hideous. on the make this line. This sounds so terrible. This was so, this was the worst for, for on the make line for the employees because they'd have to make a hand tossed pizza, right? Then make it like a stuffed crust with the cheddar cheese instead of the mozzarella cheese. So then you make it like a stuffed crust. And then you have to take like this crust press device. Press it onto the pizza oh, to form the this bite. This is already taking too long for, for a cheap pizza it restaurant. Gets, yeah. It gets worse. Then after you press it with the gimmick, you then have to individually turn each cheesy bite piece like 90 degrees. Wow. See, I, I, I always thought they were like – they came pre-made. I, I, I had no. to assume that those had to be pre-made given the amount of work that was going to have to go into making those. I cannot believe you had to individually fucking turn these crusts. A certain way. That sounds terrible. That sounds like every pizza now took 20 minutes to make. Yes. So especially in the beginning of the rollout where people weren't didn't get their, their speed down yet. You know, it's like if one person ordered five of them, you were fucked for the next hour. 
everything behind that order was late because you, you had to get every you had to call everybody over come on we got to make we got to twist the cheesy to get over there and help to turn these the fucking crust 90 degrees do you remember the Pizza Hut Chicago deep dish pizza attempt? Uh, I no, because I don't think they did. I don't think they rolled it out here. I don't think they had the balls to do, do it in Chicago. So I don't remember that at all. Yeah, they probably avoided that in the Chicago. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I've never heard of it. Now, yeah, I would have. Everybody would have laughed them out of the room, and they probably would have never been able to show their faces again. So yeah, it didn't. That didn't happen. It actually didn't taste bad for a Pizza Hut pizza. Like it, it, it actually. But it, again, so many steps. Like you had to uh, for the dine-in restaurants, you know, you had this this sauce on top of the cheese, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was like the flaky, buttery, fucking gimmick crust. You had to bring it out to the table on a pizza stand, put it on top of the pizza stand. They went fancy with this. Then the servers had to take a cheese grater with fresh parmesan and grate the cheese on top of this pizza in front of the befuddled customers. <laughs> Why though? That's not how. Because the whole gimmick behind it was table presentation. Okay. Like they wanted this to be Pizza Hut's uh, take on fancy table presentation. The problem is people would bring their families to Pizza Hut with eight screaming kids. They didn't want <laughs> They them. don't they give a shit them. about the Parmesan, the, the shaved yeah. Parmesan. They don't give two fucking shits about yeah. the shaved Parmesan. Would you like some shaved Parmesan? They were all like, no. <laughs> just get this fucking pizza on my table so my stupid kids stop talking. Yes. I just want to feed these kids and go home. So that one is another short-lived one that they never brought back. I mean, they're all coming back to me now. There's, there's just so many. But um, yeah, I, I, I think now I have to do – maybe I'll do it tomorrow. How about that? At Joe Eats, we'll get the Papa John stuffed crust in here. $5 tier, patreon.com. People are going to think we did this on purpose to plug the Patreon, but this was this not. This organic. I had no idea. We we uh, we were kind of low on topics, so I said, Joe, what do you want to talk about? And you said, ah, we'll figure something out. Uh, and then you got hungry, and, and that's what led us here. So I am hungry. I had I had some imitation crab meat, but that mm-hmm. didn't hold me over. Why would you do that to yourself? I love that stuff because it was fast and easy before the show. I didn't have time. What you, I was uh, make- hold on. How, how, do you, how, what is, how do you eat this imitation crab meat? Right out of the fucking package, baby. You gross ass. <laughs> what do you just I drop it? You just r- r- take the, you know, rip the top off. Yeah. Take apart the, you know, the, 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 the clamp. And then you just go in there with a fork and you're just, you're at it. Well, if it's flake style, okay. yes, I use a fork. But if it's like the crab leg style, the <laughs> oh, ones that are shaped right. like You legs, just go hands in, just hands in. I go hands in and then I eat them like like string cheese. Like I pull them apart like uh, string cheese and eat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love the imitation crab meat. Listen, I'm going to tell you why. Zero fat, zero calories, packed with protein. Where else are you going to get like 16 grams of protein per serving with zero fat and zero calories? Look, summer's coming. Sun's out, guns out. You're, you I know, okay, you're, you're selling no. me on this because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm experimenting with. Uh, so uh, the nurse is trying to go vegetarian uh, since you know the last few months or whatever. So to kind of support her, I'm trying to do the same as well because I don't want to be like, yeah, honey, how's your you know tofu as I'm eating like a delicious steak, you know? So I'm like, all right, well, when she's here or whatnot, I'm gonna try to do it. We we are struggling with finding uh, protein, so I don't know, maybe I have to jump yeah, into the like, imitation crab meat. I I. I it, the packaging now, it, scares me a little bit. It, it's and the amount of times they say imitation kind of frightens me as well. So it's just it's just it's just it's just Pollock. Yeah, it's Alaskan Pollock. It's Alaskan John Pollock. That's it. You don't. It's not like anything exotic. 
It's just whitefish is basically right, but they can't call it crab because it's not it's, crab, but it's it's right. Know, it's, it's a just different type of fish, crab. right? Yeah, it's just it's just yeah, it's just cheap whitefish. But the thing is, like, no calories, no fat, packed with protein, a lot of sodium though. So if you have a high salt diet, you might not want to add that to it. But I have a very low sodium diet. I don't even cook with salt, so I could afford it. You know what I mean? But basically, all it is is protein and sodium. If you read the back. It's like eating like protein filled water. There's like nothing to it. Right, right. Like right. it's, you know, so, you know, I didn't have time. I was going to make pork chops tonight, but, you know, time snuck up on me. So I had to tell TLB, listen, you get home, you're on your own. It's a cereal night for you. And um, I just ate a package of imitation crab meat, but now I'm starving because it doesn't fill you up. You know, it's not meant to be a meal, you know, a little snack. It's good to eat in the middle of the night too because you don't feel guilty about it before you go to bed. Cause it's just, there's nothing. It's, it's nothing. I'm, I might dabble. I might dabble. You're, you're, you're selling me here a little bit. I'm looking at the back. I'm, I'm looking, I, I think I was always a little bit worried about the imitation part of it, but you, you, you sold me pretty well that it's just another type of white fish, which I knew, but like, I needed to hear it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just white fish. That's all. I mean, I put it on salad too. See, that's, yeah, that's make- what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at this on Google. There's people putting it on like tacos and salads and stuff. Just a way to get some extra protein, which is nice. It's uh, isn't that what a California roll is? Imitation crab. Meat? Uh, I believe, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of the like kind of generic sushis are, are are a lot of them are imitation crab meat, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, that's all I had though. But it doesn't, it does not fill you. Like you could eat two pounds of that shit and you're still hungry because it's just water, you know. So now I'm starving. I got, I got something. To eat. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I can't make the pork chops when we're done. It's gonna be like ten o'clock at night. <laughs> Can't be down there. I guess I could. I'm a grown. Uh, yeah, man, you're right? grown, man. You're an adult. What's, yeah, go ahead. What's stopping me from making Cook some dinner uh, at 10 p.m.? My, yeah, yeah, my patented apple onion pork chops. What's stopping me from doing that? You know, I know that the onion scares you off, but uh, the apple has me interested. As long as, as long as I like. So, is the onion an essential part of this pork chop? Like, can I can I just like toss it off if need be? You don't need the onion. Here's what I do. If it's I for flavor, saute, I'm okay. I get it. Here's what I do. I saute uh, onion and apple, green apple. I saute that up first with a little pepper and olive oil, okay? Then I I just I brown the pork chops. I don't cook them, but I just brown them. Then I take uh, I, I get applesauce, brown sugar, cinnamon, a little bit of Worcestershire sauce, and then I combine all of that in a baking pan, okay? So in other words, the pork chops, the apple, and the onion are now submerged in my applesauce mixture. Okay. 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 You following me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what I do is I'll bake that at a low temperature covered. So it kind of boil, know, like, it boils in that applesauce mixture then? Yeah, like a slow cook, like a 325. You don't want to go too hot. So that finishes off the pork, but it keeps it tender. Plus, it's submerged in that applesauce mix, so it stays nice and tender. And it finishes off the apples too. So when it's done and you peel off the top, it's like the apples just – you don't even need a knife. They just cut. It's just – uh, it's delicious. So you could eliminate the onion, but to me, then it's a little too fruity. Like the onion kind of provides the contrast to the rest of the sweetness of the dish because it's a lot of brown sugar and cinnamon and applesauce. Sure, and yeah, apple. I was going to say, yeah. So the, the onion does sound like useful there. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Yeah. You got to contrast the sweetness. Otherwise, it feels like you're eating dessert, you know? So yeah, like, then it's just a cobbler. Well, then it's just apple cobbler with some, <laughs> some pork next With some it. pork for some yeah. reason, right? So you don't want to have that. But, um, yeah, this was just – it's something I make maybe once a month, uh, but that's what I was going to make today, but it's time-consuming, and I didn't have time to blow through it. Like, 
I, it's not like throwing a roast in the oven and telling TLB, hey, take it out at 7.30. I got, this is a lot of steps, you know, and she can barely boil water. So I can't trust her with <laughs> doing a meal that's that, you know what I mean? So I'm just going to have to make oh, I know. <laughs> I'm aware of what you mean for sure. So, that's, so um, yeah, that's like the nurse is either, um, she like either can't cook or when she does want to cook, it's like the most elaborate recipe you've ever seen in your entire life. And our, our kitchen's just filled with, she goes to the store and buys every little, I'm like, we don't, you didn't need like this, this is not an essential part of the recipe. And she's got to follow the recipe like to a fucking tea. So she goes to some annoying blog website with, you know, all these bright colors and this lady that lives in Montana or something that cooks this unbelievably organic thing. And then like, so she has to make that and it's like 900 steps and it, oh my God, that's it's the worst. We don't eat till 10. I'm cleaning yeah. the kitchen for weeks on end. It's just, a, it's a mess. The thing about recipes for people who think they can't cook, I mean, you just follow, you could follow a recipe. And the thing about recipes is they're guides. You can substitute uh, um, ingredients. Like, you don't need to buy, like, if it calls for, I don't know, uh, tarragon seed or. <laughs> right, well, yeah, oh, yeah, she'll go and get like an entire, and I'm like, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> like, you know, I go, we have our little, like, you know, lazy Susan thing or whatever, the little thing that has all the spices. Yeah. And it's just filled with these, like, things that we've used. Too dry. Oh, it, ne- it needs black toasted sesame seeds. No, it doesn't really need the black toasted sesame seeds. Like, it's okay. Yeah, whatever you have in the house is all right. <laughs> right. Like, so we have sesame it. seeds. Just put those in. They're fine. <laughs> right. So that's what people don't get sometimes. Like, yeah, the gist of it, like the, the, the cooking times and the temperatures. Sure. Those are things you don't want to fuck with. But you can substitute ingredients to your liking or, or, or th- th- recipes are just guides. You know, and a lot of people's recipes just don't jive with me. Like, I love Gordon Ramsay. I think he's funny as hell. I love when he insults people. The guy's tremendous. I watch all his shows. It's it's great garbage entertainment to just put on. His recipes never work for me. Like, I I can ne- it's either because I'm an imbecile and I can't do them properly, or his cooking style just doesn't jive with me. But either way, it just doesn't work for me. But then, like, if I try like a Rachel Ray recipe. They always come out tremendous. So that's the other thing too. You gotta like experiment with different kinds of recipes from different chefs and uh, and different people as well to see what suits you and what your palate enjoys and your cooking style and all that too. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Now I'm a little embarrassed because everyone knows I make Gordon Ramsay recipes, but uh, <laughs> and Rachel Ray recipes. Hey, <laughs> listen, I'll look anywhere for food. You know, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, you know, and, and like I said, you know, you don't adjust from there. You know, it's like they might be using some ingredients you don't like, but there's just something about Gordon Ramsay's recipes. They never work for me. I'm never happy with the outcome. I, and they look easy enough. He makes it sound like the easiest thing in the world, like no matter what he's cooking too. Like, it's like he makes you feel like an imbecile if it's not easy for you. That's the other thing. And I kind of, I, I don't know. I like when he insults other people, but not but you. I don't like when yeah, he you like you don't me. like him knowing that he would probably insult you if he came over and you you, you drop that plate on his. You know, need to take one yeah. bite of it and just throw the fork down and go. What the hell is this? Like, you're like, I don't know. Don't call. Don't I'm call usually me good. I'm usually don't, good. Don't call me an idiot sandwich. Call someone else an idiot sandwich with the bread. That's oh, yeah. the best fucking meme I've ever seen. <laughs> I still love that one. I've seen it a thousand times. The two slices of bread next to that girl's head. And he and he tells her, uh, "You're an idiot sandwich." That's just yeah. What are you? Of... And she goes, "An idiot sandwich." Yeah, <laughs> she, she answers it. Enough. She answers it for him, which is the best part. Yeah. God. All right. Well, this is probably not helping your hunger. 
uh, at all. But uh, starving. <laughs> I was gonna say this is very triggering to Joe. So let's uh, we'll move on and talk about some pro wrestling here. Uh, plenty to get to. Obviously, we missed last week, so we're back at it uh, this week. We have uh, a ton to get to. We have uh, New Japan. Uh, new beginning shows coming up uh, uh, over the course of the next month. Uh, Japan State of Emergency is so some stuff we're going to talk about with that. Uh, Jay White speculation, wild Jay White speculation. We'll probably get to that uh, to the top here. Uh, Impact Wrestling's hard to kill, and then there's some other odds and ends stuff. Dragon Gate, we were both kind of caught up with a little bit about AEW. I know you did the Thursday TV reviews just a, about an hour before uh, we got on the air here, so people want to listen to your AEW review uh, that is up there on Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling. But uh, I watched all of Dynamite this week too, so I want to kind of touch on a few things that I, I, I noticed or I caught. Um, and then just some other odds and ends as, as we kind of go throughout the show. And then, I don't know, maybe something will happen that we have to talk about. But uh, that's, you know, that's it. So we'll, uh, let, let's just jump right into this, though. Uh, something I do want to talk about, and I'm sure a lot of people want to talk about. Uh, Jay White and the future. We didn't have a chance last week to talk about it. Obviously, we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom. We did not know uh, what was going to come over the next day. Uh, after Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, he cuts the promo backstage where he says, you know, maybe I have to go. Maybe I have to go do something else. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, an article that goes up on New Japan's website, and it's there, and then it's deleted, then it's there again. And now they're kind of – this is where it get, it's getting a little wonky for me, a little fun. Like, they're putting his profile on the website, then they're taking it off, and they're tweeting out this, and they're not tweeting out this. And then there's – he's on a poster here, and then he's not on a poster here. So let, let's just get right down to it. What, 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 do, what do you think of the Jay White thing right now? Where, where are you at? at with it uh is it all completely 100 percent of work for you are you buying in a little bit like wh- wh- where are you at what's your temperature uh with the jay white uh, situation right now uh my gut is telling me it's firmly a work i think that um i think the whole idea all along was to give him a little bit of time off after he came up short at wrestle kingdom it fits his story you know he's overconfident coming in and he doesn't get the job done he has the meltdown in the presser and I think the rest of this stuff, like the profiles coming off the website and the posters, I think that's all window dressing. And I think um, I think it's all a work. And I think it'll represent a big character change or some kind of shift in his story when he does return. That's my gut. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to anybody. Yeah, we, we have no, for the record, we have no information. We, we haven't no. talked to anybody. We haven't really asked anybody. Um... Yeah, we we know we know nothing. We're we're just we're as we're we know as much as everybody listening to this right now. That that is the truth. We know nothing. Nobody's told us anything. The only interaction we had with anybody was we tweeted out when the the article did come up that Jay White said, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna leave or I have to leave or something like that." Uh, and someone just said, "Oh, we have to delete it, but we're gonna put it back up in like five minutes." So can you delete your tweet? And that's it. That's that's everything. That's everything that we know about it. So yeah, and then the story went back up anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm feeling work. If it's not, I mean, you know, we know all. All we know is what everyone else. We know what the JCast said, and we know what Dave Meltzer said. Just like everyone listening, and that's very much conflicting information. Where Dave Meltzer basically confirmed the Brian Alvarez report that he has a se- that White has a seven year contract, and the JCast sources told them that he does not have a seven year contract, and that that's nonsense. So. I don't know. There, there could be a lot of misdirection here from, you know, whatever side. But it's interesting and it's fun to kind of see how it all plays out and where it'll land. Um, I know years ago when there was speculation that Jay White might be moving on, 
we were told, and I don't even know, maybe you don't even remember this, Rich, but we were told that he was going to be staying with New Japan at least for a few more years because of a personal situation. Yes. Do you I recall that? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and and we were filled in on what that personal situation was, and you know, we're not at liberty to discuss it. It's very private. But that was years ago. So that could have changed by now. But he wasn't going anywhere years ago because he needed to be close to New Zealand for this situation. But a lot could have changed since then. That was probably three, four years ago, maybe longer. Um, so I, I really don't know. I mean, Dave Meltzer has kind of blown this off. He, he, he at one time said he's under a seven-year deal and then really hasn't discussed it since. So he doesn't think there's anything there. Um, but then there's conflicting sources saying that he's not under con. I think it would be odd because it's not like it took – a mass exodus for New Japan to even offer two-year contracts. That's exactly what I was – in my notes, I was going to say I don't buy the seven-year thing. I just don't. Yeah, because they're going to just jump from – they had to be – you know, they had their arms twisted to give people two-year deals. All of a sudden, they're tossing out seven-year deals. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it, it does make you raise an eyebrow. And it's it makes just, you a little suspicious. It's just pro wrestling too. I mean, pro, think of think of the deals that we know about. I mean, they're they're very rarely anywhere near that length. And that's nothing against Jay White. It's nothing. You know, he's a guy that I, if I was New Japan, I would sign him to. You know, but it's pro wrestling, man. It, like nobody ever signs for that long. No wrestler wants to sign for that long. No no company wants to sign for that long unless you you are the only times they've really had to do that that, that I can recall is you know what I, I think famously. Uh, Mark Henry was one, but they had to get him to not go to the Olympics or not go into other, you know, uh, like or that was af- right after the Olympics, right? WWE swooped up and tried to get him so that you know he didn't go and do you know something else in his life, and had to say, okay, well, this pro wrestling thing is serious, and and here's a ten year deal to prove to you that it's serious or whatever. I mean, that that's one that I remember for sure. Uh, and then Big Show, I think, got one from WWE when he first came. Uh, from WCW because that was just like, hey, let's deal one more blow uh, to WCW, and then they regretted it the entire time and got really upset about it. And it's the same thing with Mark Henry too; they were kind of annoyed uh, during almost all of those ten years until they obviously, you know, post deal uh, turned it on and became something you know pretty big for them. And uh, same thing with Big Show, but like th- those are just the ones I know about. But like just a random seven year year deal out of nowhere is just. I don't know. It, it, it's it's a lot, and that's just not what that company has done. It's not what wrestlers have always wanted to do as well. I mean, why why would you want to tie yourself up for that long unless the money was if just you, so you, ungodly ridiculous? Yeah. You'd have to be a fool to sign a seven-year contract in this climate. I mean, the game changes every six months. Yeah, right, exactly. And the, wrestler, and the, and the wrestlers have all the leverage right now. I mean, I'd be signing one-year deals if I was a pro wrestler, if I was a pro wrestling star right now. Um, Bret Hart's another one, the 20 year deal because they were desperate. (laughs) Which lasted five months. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, I I don't even know why you would sign a seven year deal. I mean, think about the pro wrestling landscape seven years ago compared to today. Right. Right. I mean, you'd have to be an absolute fool. Um, so I don't know. I'm i I'm very skeptical of it, but who knows? It just all reeks of work to me because I think new Japan is leaning into it a little too hard. There's a few too many articles about what his next step is going to be. Um, you know, the, the promo was way over the top. I feel like they're setting something up here. Um, look, if he pops up in NXT, well, Jay White had a nice career. Good for him. And we'll catch back up with him when he, uh, you know, moves on again. But, um, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like, especially with 
you know, evil being on top of Bullet Club now and sort of that power struggle that they were teasing. And those two really never rectifying that or coming to a conclusion of that little, the barbs they were throwing at each other in G1. I feel like this is all setting up a big Jay White return at some point. Um, which at that point, does he have to be a baby face? I would if think so. Back? Yeah, I would think so. And, and that's, to me, honestly, that's why I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards work as well, is that, you know, now we look at these new beginnings and he's not on any of these shows. And like you said, it's maybe, uh, hey, go away for a little bit, go away and then, and then come back. And I think what the, the, the idea was is you want to get him away from the Bullet Club at some point. You probably want him to become a baby face. You want Evil to be, you know, lead the new Bullet Club or whatever. And, and White feels largely like he's kind of being wasted by only being in the Bullet Club right now. And there's obviously bigger and better things uh, that he, he can achieve, you know, in the, in the years coming. So to me, I'm thinking, okay, the best way to kind of get him out of the Bullet Club and turn him face without doing a beat down, without doing, you know, him getting turned on or something like that is a similar story to this, is, is where he goes away, where he, he reaches his lowest point and and no one came comes and helps him and there's that you know that the new year dash where he's getting carried out and the rest of the bull club just kind of watch him get carried out you know no his own brothers don't carry him out he just lets you know the the ring guys carry him out and they just kind of watch him go to the back or whatever you know there's like little subtleties to that that make me think okay that maybe that's the play here is is we want him to turn face we want him to lead the bull club but we don't want to do the the kind of the 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 a little too over the top, just, you know, get beaten down, that sympathy, get turned on type thing, where instead he just goes away, he becomes the talk of the wrestling world while not wrestling, which is, I mean, we're leading, well, quote-unquote leading our show after we talked about fucking Pazones for 20 minutes, but, you know, leading the wrestling, I mean, he's been a big story in the wrestling world for, for, for weeks now without wrestling, and he will continue to be a big story uh, throughout the rest of the month and throughout maybe February if he doesn't pop up anywhere. And, and this might just be a good way to give him a little bit of a break, give him some time off, give him whatever you want him to do. And then when you're ready to go back to him, yeah, he, he he's definitely going to be a babyface at that point. He'll be a mega star because, you know, he's got that now where people are, are, are clamoring to see him. And, and, and you know, obviously there's no fans, but just the general tenor of, of, of Jay White has changed a lot where I think people really... You know, I, I think it'd be tough for people to really be down on this guy or, or, or you know, negative towards him as a heel. I, I think he's pretty much got to be a babyface at this point. Yeah, the story being that Wrestle Kingdom broke him yeah. because he had this perfect diabolical plan and it all fell into place, except he didn't get the job done in the match, you know, and um, and he can't deal with that. And, and, and he's always been so cool and collected and one step ahead of everybody else. And we have finally seen a crack. He is finally cracked because, and he and he doesn't know what his place is or what his slot is, or and he and he, and he, he can't accept that he lost. And um, yeah, so it's a good story to come back. But it, you have to wonder: Do fans when he do when he does come back? Do fans cheer him? But I guess it all depends what he does. If he comes back and attacks mm-hmm. Kota Ibushi or whoever, then no. I mean, the fans aren't going to cheer that. Um, so I don't know. I, obviously, the long-term play is as a babyface. We've been saying that since the day he came back. But, you know, all that's... You know, it's interesting. It's reverberating throughout all of wrestling. I watched the Dynamite post-show last night with Shivani, and he basically just takes listener questions for 45 minutes. And um, someone even asked him, they said... Uh, Jay White's contract is up. Do you see him coming to Dynamite? So it's 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 like you said, it's the talk of the wrestling world without him even being in the ring. And 
Shivani was lost. He was just like, well, I think Jay White. <laughs> does he know who Jay White is? Said, no, he does. He knew okay. who he was. He was like, well, I think Jay White is very happy where he is right now. So, no. The whole story is that he's not happy <laughs> where he is right now. <laughs> so, Shivani, you know, I don't expect him to be up on New Japan storylines. I just thought it was funny that, you know, he just – he was clueless. You know, he just assumes Jay White is a New Japan guy. But all joking aside, what does that also tell you? That there's no chatter – about Jay White internally in AEW, because right, like, because White... how did he answer it? Because there, there's a way to answer it where I would say, "Ooh, you yes. know," or where you know he's kind of like, "Oh, well, you never know what the future could hold." You know, I have no idea. You know, there's ways that he, he would answer, but you said like he's just like, "Yeah, uh, I don't know," <laughs> like, blew it off like he had no clue what was happening. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't like he was hiding something. Like if there had been chatter the last two weeks inside the locker room or in meetings or whatever about, oh, you know, Jay White, who knows? You know, we're, we gave this guy a call. His answer would have been much different. Sure, right, right. Not that he would have led fans on, but he would have been different. With He was just so flippant and just disregarded the question like it wasn't even worth his time. He's like, oh, well, I think Jay White's very happy where he is right now. And then he just asked to read the next question. So that tells you that at minimum, it doesn't look like Jay White is the talk of the AEW locker room. So is that a clue into – because let me tell you something. If I'm Tony Khan and there's talk that Jay White has interest in NXT, which was the talk a couple of weeks ago, and there's talk that Jay White is leaving New Japan, how do you not pick up a phone? I'm fucking I – mean, I'm flying to Japan if that's the case. Or I'm flying to New Zealand. I'm flying wherever he is and going, dude, before you think of NXT, please, let me, let me pitch you. Let me pitch you, please. It'd be irresponsible not to. Yeah. So – you know, you call him up and you say, hey, what's going on? And then Jay White says, ah, you know, we're just working an angle. And then you say, all right, have a nice day. You know, you at least make the call. Um, or maybe he says, yeah, my contract is up on January 30th. And then you say, I'll talk to you on February 1st. You know, I, that, that, so it's like, um, that's why, you know, I, I, the, the, the Shivani thing, I don't think it's like this big reverberating addition to the story, but it's a little clue. Mm-hmm. Because he really acted like it was like nothing. Um. So I don't know. I I think it's fun and it's interesting, though. Yeah, I like it, and, that, and that's I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't wanted to really pursue any other information about it. Because like, yeah, maybe we should for you know our, the purposes of what we do here and really you know get you know, ear to the ground and, and ask a bunch of people. I, not that that would go anywhere. I really don't think it would. I think it would probably just be the same thing of people just kind of kayfaving us or or just ignoring us altogether. But I kind of like the idea of like you know what? No, I don't know. Who knows? Who who knows? Like maybe he pops up. Maybe he shows up here. But the t- wherever he does pop up, I hope I'm watching it when it's going on because it's going to be a huge moment, a real fun moment. If it's coming back to New Japan, if it's uh, j- debuting in NXT or whatever, like it, it'll be a really, really cool moment no matter where he goes, and that's awesome because that's a, the, he's a guy that I've always, you know, for, we, we we go back to you know the history of the show. First time we saw him as a young lion, you and I are on record saying that dude's going to be a star no matter what. We don't know how it's gonna, we don't know exactly what it's going to be, but that dude's going to be a star. Uh, I didn't expect it to be, you know, the Switchblade character that he is right now. But, like, yeah, we, we were watching those matches with David Finley and saying, yeah, that dude will be a star in this company no matter what. Like, they will make this happen. And and, and it's cool that that is happening, at, at, you know, on some level. But, yeah, obviously, selfishly, I wish he would go to, you know, New Japan or stay with New Japan and not go to NXT. But, you know, if, if he does go to NXT, then okay. And we've always said that what's cool about what's really cool about New Japan and what they've been able to do almost better than really any other company in the world over the last decade is when a guy leaves, they just go, all right, cool. Boom. Next guy up. 
They don't get, yeah. you know, it doesn't cripple them. Kenny Omega left in, in the height of his powers, and they just went, all right, cool, and just moved on and had, like, an incredible year in 2019 without him. It just no, it didn't even skip a beat, largely because Jay White was ready to go, and they said, all right, cool, you're up, boom, there you go, and then Jay White was the guy. You know what I mean? Like, oh. and that's it's awesome. It's really, really cool. Oh, yeah. I discussed this in my Q&A last Friday behind the paywall. If New Japan loses Jay White, it's essentially, I mean, no disrespect to Jay White, they won't skip a beat. No. It won't matter at all if they lose Jay White. That's not to say it wouldn't be very advantageous to keep him, because I do think he could be a huge money-drawing star. You could argue he already is. But if they lose him, it's, it's, they have so many people on the bench. Boom, Will Ospreay. I mean, boom, great Ocon. It does, it does, it, it wouldn't, they wouldn't miss, skip a beat if they lost Jay White. And you, it, that can be true while also saying that he can be a next giant star for them for a decade. All of those things can be true at the same time. Right. But they are so well positioned and they're always restocking the bench to where I don't even think Jay White would be a catastrophic loss. There would be two difference-making losses for them. That'd be Tetsuya Naito and Kazuchika Okada. And I don't even think either of those losses would be crippling, but I do think those would make a dent. They could lose anyone else and it does not matter. Like at all. Like, I really don't think it would matter at all. They lost Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles in one day. Yes. <laughs> and had their greatest year, their best business years, uh, you know, since their, their, their peak in the 90s, you know, in the years that followed, losing both of those guys. That was Kenny Omega, and, as I said, in the peak of his powers and didn't skip a beat. And they weren't even as deep when they lost. No, Nakamura. they weren't at all deep. <laughs> yeah, now they're now, like you said, now there's two, three, four guys that you can move up right away. I mean, right now, like you said, Jay White goes away, you go, okay, cool. Will Ospreay, you're up. You know, Ocon, you're up. Hell, if you really want to, Jeff Cobb, you're up. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think they do that with Cobb, but like, yeah, Ospreay and, and, and Ocon are right there, ready to go. Uh, you have enough guys. You have your Sonata. You, you got your kind of upper mid-carters as well oh, that can God, easily Sonata, move up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, they're, there's plenty of guys on the bench. And then the bench goes another layer deep. It's not just that first layer of guys that are on the precipice, okay? You've got all the guys that they're developing on, you know, on the like, like, uh, uh, Aminu, Shooter Aminu, you know that guy's going to be a star when he comes back. You got Carl Fredericks just baking away in LA, you know, waiting to be able to come back to Japan. So they have uh, the bench is very deep. I don't think they would miss Jay White from a business perspective at all. Of course, you want to keep him. Um, do you think, and this was a theory pitched by both, I think it was Joel Abraham in our Slack chat. Uh, there were, it was a, whole conversation in our Slack the other day, and it was like, it was past 9 p.m., so I know you didn't see it. <laughs> was, uh, they were, the, the basic point was... I read them at 4 a.m., Joe. I catch up. I catch up with them. That's true. Right when I'm heading to the set. <laughs> I, know, I, like, um, I always feel bad because like, I'll respond to somebody. And I'm like, this conversation was like three hours ago, and they're clearly sleeping now at this point. So, Like ships passing in the night. Yeah. Um, but the basic premise was, if New Japan is planting all of this, right? First of all, they need people like us talking about it, which we're leading off our show with. Yes. So you so you take down his profile. They know that's going to get people like us talking. Yeah, Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful. It was an article everywhere. Yeah. This they they took it. They removed his profile, and it was an article on every major wrestling website. Right. But do you think if this is deliberate that they've intentionally made the the destination WWE? Because WWE is the big bad. Everybody's enemy. Like, sure, 
there's some New Japan fans who don't like AEW because they don't like Kenny Omega in the box. That's a small subsect of their fans. But everyone hates WWE. So it's kind of like they're positioning a big evil on the other side of this with the intention of when he does end up just coming back to New Japan, people are relieved. Oh, thank God he didn't go to NXT. I could keep following his career now. Whereas if you position AEW or Ring of Honor or whoever as the, as the place where he's going, there's not that huge sense of relief because a lot of your fans are fans of those other places. You kind of get the, the, what I'm saying here? Yeah, no, for sure. Especially like you talk about Western fans. Like Let's look at specifically Western fans. Cause I, I, I don't know. I don't even know how much this is resonating with, you know, the Japanese fans or whatever. And I have no idea. I know the pulse of the Western fans. I don't know, you know, the pulse of the Japanese fans, but I know the Western fans. You're absolutely right. Because if, if, if the idea was Jay White's going to go to AEW New Japan, I wouldn't be so sure that there wouldn't be a lot of fans that would say, ah, you know what? I like Jay White. That'd be kind of cool if he was on AEW every single week on, on TNT right. on my cable or whatever. That's easy. Like I, there's, I definitely have buddies that were like, Hey, uh, what's going on with Jay White? Is he going to go to AEW? And I was like, eh, I haven't heard anything about AEW. And they're like, Oh, all right. Well, hopefully he stays, you know, it was always like, Oh, well, all right, well, cool. Well, hopefully he stays in new Japan. Then like is initially the question is, Oh, is he going to AEW? And I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. And they're like, Oh, all right. Well, then I just hope he's, you know, like I don't, then I don't want him to go anywhere. And, and, and you're absolutely right. The Western fans, the heel in this case is WWE, is NXT, is whatever, so that, yeah, it, it, it seems definitely strategic in that sense where, you know, if he were to go and if, if you know, and, and, and or he's, he's teasing that he's going to go, if he comes back and shows up on New Japan, it's like, ah, the conquering hero, he told WWE and NXT to shove it, and he's New Japan for life, you know, type, type stuff, and that, yeah, it absolutely will resonate way more with the Western fans than if he, you know, was teasing going to AEW, because, yeah, we, we know there's plenty of people that would say, ah, you know. I'm not so upset that he's in AEW because now I can watch him all the time and I love him and it's easy and it's, it's accessible and all that sort of stuff. So no, I think there's definitely some deliberate, it's not that he's going to go to AEW, NXT or new Japan. It just, it feels like they are, are stoking the flames of NXT and WWE. And, and, and you're right that, that in turn is going to baby face him even that much more when he does, you know, come back to new Japan. Yeah. And I mean, if he legitimately, now this could be a situation where his contract is legitimately coming due, but they know, and he knows that he's not going anywhere. Right. So then they're like, okay, let's just make a story out of it. Sure. You know, contracts always come due this time of year. And we've seen wrestlers in the past with new Japan take time off this time of year. Cause they're not technically under contract, but then they get them back under contract and they're back in the fold. That could be what's happening here. Maybe he's not on these tours, both for storyline purposes. And Oh, by the way, he isn't under contract. And they're like, ah, we may as well, since we have this scenario and you're going to be gone anyway, you're taking some time off, let's do a story, you know? And if the plan is to bring him back as a babyface, positioning WWE as the heel is perfect. Because like you said, then it looks like he thumbed his nose at the big, bad, evil pro wrestling corporation and chose to be here. You know, he chose us. Um, so, so I don't know. And I just think it's fun to watch play out. Um, do you think MLW gets in the mix? Oh, and, uh, <laughs> MLW, of course. Yeah, that's. I'm surprised there hasn't been a uh, a, a press release that Court Bauer is on his way to New Zealand to talk with uh, Jay White about signing a contract. Yeah, MLW in advance talks with Jay White. That's the press release. It would say uh, <laughs> we had. He would put out a tweet saying that he uh, just got back from New Zealand and had a very interesting business. Yeah, show. <laughs> you know, right. uh, that kind of deal. Uh, which honestly, they should do. I mean, they yes, should. Yes, and get, the best part do. about it, the best part, of, you know what annoys me, 
and, and I laugh and I roll my eyes at it, but it's awesome, is that MLW put out these ridiculous press releases. You know, Court Bauer says MLW in advance talks with Amazon or whatever. And it's all just like, yeah. you know, he emails, you know, info at Amazon.com and says, hey, are you guys looking for new, you know, properties? And never gets an answer back. He goes, well, I, you know, Court Bauer talks, to, you know, in, you know, in discussions with Amazon about, you know, distribution yeah. or whatever. And then these websites fall over themselves to say MLW in advanced discussions with Amazon. It's like. Well, they need the content. I know, and I love it. That's do that. Every wrestling company should do that. Every wrestling company should butter up these news websites as much as humanly possible with these dumb press releases. And yes, every single company should say that they're yeah having interesting discussions with a New Zealand-based wrestling star. You know, or something. if you can't say if you don't want to be too over the top and say, oh no, we're talking like there's ways to do it and there was ways around it. Old school wrestling uh, promoters knew how to do this. I I don't know if any of the new guys do, but but Court Bauer definitely does. I I, I respect it. Yeah, yeah, and it makes you see you get so hot over that when you see all these sites. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so bad. It's, Selena yeah. De La Renta will be executive producing MLW this week. It's like you guys don't have <laughs> yeah. to report that as news. That's yeah. not news, but yeah. I mean, I'm cool. Uh, I, I, no, I I don't get hot at MLW for it. I, I I think they're incredible for doing it. I get hot at the you know the 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 wrestling the the news with the Z websites that are just loving. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, look, I think jumps are fun. I think free agents are fun. Uh, it would help if WWE wasn't such a complete fucking dumpster fire where essentially the person's career is not worth following anymore. Can we believe, can you believe we're at this stage of the game where WWE is so bad and so irredeemably bad that it's just not even worth following someone's career when they go there anymore? Rich, have you thought about Ben Carter for a second? Not a second. Not a second. I haven't thought about Kushida. I, I was, I, I did not want to do, I was watching this Best of the Super Juniors series, obviously, for patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. Uh, just wrapped this up. And I, I called one of these matches because it was Ricochet versus Kushida. And I called it Wrestling Torture Porn because it's like, you, you just watch this and you're like, oh my God, these guys are so great. And it's like, I can watch these guys anytime I want. These guys are readily available. But to me, it was like, oh man, like re- remember these, I remember Kushida. And it's like, I can, I, Kushida's on my television all the time. Like I can watch him. But it's just, yeah, it, 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 it's it's unbelievable that it's it's come that way. Yeah, where, where you just, there's not even a wrinkle of a thought of, oh man, if Jay White goes there, Oh, that's going to be awesome! Or oh, they'll do this with him, or oh, they'll do that. And 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 what's actually interesting is, and, and obviously we lived through this cycle with 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 AJ Styles. But when AJ Styles came in there, you 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 talk about the different company from where it was when AJ Styles left, which is what twenty seventeen. I want to say, does that sound right? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. For the AJ Styles jump, what was the what was the Royal Rumble that he came out on? I think that was. Make your, make your point. I'll have the producer look it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out with that. But but you know what I mean? Like that was the, the speculation is okay. AJ Styles is leaving, and he's coming to WWE. And oh man, I, maybe the Rumble. And then we, you know, we heard that there was going to be the Rumble, and everybody was just like, could not wait to watch the Royal Rumble to see AJ Styles come out. And and he did, and it was awesome. It was an incredible pop. And then he was off and running. And then for that next year, he was like one of the most exciting parts of that entire company, having great main events, great pay per view matches, all that sort of stuff. And I hear people saying, well, if Jay White signs with you know WWE, they gotta immediately put him in like da 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 da. And I'm like, you're fucking dreaming. There's no way they would do that. It's just not that company anymore. It is not the company that would take a hot free agent like that. And maximize what they have for him. And they absolutely maximize what they had for AJ Styles. 
absolutely 100%. They got this guy at the peak of his New Japan run, at the peak of his, you know, you know, people really buying in AJ Styles. It's like one of those really great, tremendous wrestlers. And they made him one of their top stars right out of the gates. He came out of that Royal Rumble, and he was a made man from that point forward. And he's been a made man ever since then. And, and, and you know, obviously he's not the star power he was before. But there is zero chance. A z- I'd literally put it at a 0%. If I was a betting man, I'd say 0% chance Jay White comes out at the Royal Rumble. And Jay White, you know, is pushed in main events. And Jay- There's no fucking chance. He's going to go to fucking NXT, you know what I mean? <laughs> to dabble around with Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong and the rest of the crew that never leaves. It's just like the un- the, the the. You know, I hate to use the term, but the universe that that Jay White would be entering is so much of a different universe than what AJ Styles was entering three, four years ago. It's night and day. Two, th- two thousand. It was two thousand sixteen, by the way. But can you believe AJ Styles and Nakamura are entering their sixth year <laughs> with WWE? It's crazy. But um, yeah, two thousand sixteen <laughs> WWE was not the irredeemably bad wasteland of completely unwatchable trash that it is now. I mean. We are in the midst. I enjoyed good portions of WWE in that era. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean go yeah. back to the shows. Go back to the shows where we talk about AJ leaving. We're upset that he's leaving New Japan. But we, I, I think we probably had that exact conversation that we just had now where we said, they're not going to miss him. They got Kenny. They got Boom. They got Boom. They, they're ready for these guys. And, man, WWE, it's going to be really cool to see what he does there. And it was. <laughs> it was really cool what he did there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's there were a lot of things there were, we had our complaints, of course, but there was a lot of interesting. Remember, we went, we went fucking ape shit because Jericho beat him on TV, like after the Royal Rumble. Remember all oh, that? Yeah. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the <laughs> that's what we used to complain about. <laughs> yeah, like the booking was worth our time to discuss in 2016. Even then, even though we may have had our complaints, it's like there's nothing even worth. WWE is so bad now that it's. There's nothing in the company worth discussing. It's just all irredeemably awful. We are truly in the midst of what I honestly believe is the worst run of a major league wrestling promotion in the history of the earth right now with WWE. That's how bad it is. There's nothing good about it. Everything about it is awful. And that would be the company that this man is entering. It's like, for the type of fan that listens to our show, a hardcore wrestling fan who loves wrestling, when you go there now, you're just completely off the grid. Yeah, the, the, the meme is that you retire. That, yeah. oh, Ricochet retired, Kushida retired, this guy retired. That they and, and, and it truly does feel like that. It really does. Yeah. It feels like they are a different human being. Once they enter that company, they might they might still be Kushida. They might still be Ricochet. They might still be... But it, 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 I don't watch them with the same lens. I consider that they're done, and now it's kind of a new chapter, a new book, a new whatever of their career. And it really feels like that. It really does. Someone made this point, and it was great. And I think it was Garrett Kidney. So if it was Garrett, I'm giving him the credit. If it wasn't Garrett, Garrett, take credit for a yeah, tremendous Yeah, Garrett point. deserves the credit anyway. He's a good guy. So I think I saw him say it first, but WWE is so bad now and such a laughingstock that they can't even bury you. Like... You can go to WWE, have the worst three-year run in the history of anyone's career, and show up on Dynamite the next week and get an enormous pop. You, you, they, it, it's, WWE's it's so great, bad. It's a great point. It's a great point. It's so true, right? Because that guy would come back and they would say, ah, oh, WWE didn't know what they had with Blank. Yes. You know, and he'd be incredible and he'd be awesome and get the biggest pop. Yeah. 
there's no other time in history you could say that. Like you could kill, you could have your career killed by having a bad run somewhere. You have a bad run in WWE. It's like it, WWE doesn't count. Like it doesn't count anymore. Like nothing you do there counts. Shinsuke Nakamura could moonwalk, and he literally moonwalks. By the way, <laughs> right? He could moonwalk into New Japan tomorrow and be in, a, in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Do you doubt that for one oh, second? Oh God, no! I mean, God, no! It does not fucking matter that he's slumming it up in lower prelim tag matches with Cesaro. Cesaro might be the best example of this. Could you imagine the pop he would get in a basketball arena full of people if he walked out on Dynamite? Despite the way he's been booked for nearly a decade in WWE now. Do you have any doubt he'd get a monster? Are you kidding me? That he'd be an instant top guy if they wanted him to be. It does not fucking even count what you do there anymore. Everyone acknowledges that it's just a shitty wasteland where nothing matters. And we're just watching our, our, our watches and our clocks to when you're done doing your time and you re-enter the wrestling business again. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The UFI has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 7 customer support, and you'll love this none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, a great example is going to be Ricochet because, you know, he's got another guy that's getting a little bit of buzz this, you know, this week and this month or whatever his contract season coming up that that he might be due. And where would it, and <laughs> you're absolutely right. If if the lights went out on AEW and Ricochet was on the top rope and did a 630 or whatever, I mean, it'd be the biggest story. Everybody would be like, yes. And he's been a total fucking geek for a year plus. Just an absolute dork. But it would not yeah. matter. It wouldn't matter at all. Do you know Cesaro? And I wasn't exaggerating. He's entering his 10th oh, year God. in WWE. People don't even put him in most underrated anymore. You, you know what I mean? Like, cause there's, yeah. it, it's almost like, cause he, I think he won, you know, observer most underrated for like seven straight years or something like that. Let, let me clarify exactly how many years uh, he wanted. And like, he probably still deserves it, but it's like, people have just kind of given up on him entirely. But you're absolutely Cesaro right. has been, he's been there so long and has been under pushed so long that first he was under pushed. Then there was a period where people were like, no, he's pushed just right. He doesn't have the chops. And now it's like, oh, he's under-pushed again. Like, there's almost like a, uh, what do you call that? Uh, it's almost like a Stockholm Syndrome, where they've con- now convinced people that, no, he's got a ceiling. No! He's he could have been a guy! Cesaro, he's great. He's incredible. They've convinced you of that, but because of the way that they use yeah, him. Yeah, oh, that was during the Sheamus run, where people were like, well, maybe his best bet is just being, you know, a, a tag wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. It's like, no, they fucking blew it. They blew it. It's not him, it's them. Uh, so, so he uh, won in 2013, 2014, 2015, and 2016. Then it moved over to uh, Rusev, which, I don't know. <laughs> they might have been all right with that one. <laughs> Nailed that one. But then, uh, then Finn yeah. Balor and Shorty G won it last year. I think uh, Alistair Black uh, is a shoe in to win it this year, I would say. He seems... I mean, there's been many options, but I, he, he seems like definitely the best one to me. So, Yeah, he's another good... I mean... There's probably literally. I, I, I could, I, we could have a three-hour show where we name guys that they're wasting and better ways to utilize Wrestler X. So there's probably 20 legitimate options in that company, right down to Ninja Tazawa. I mean, don't, don't, no, don't even. He's a ninja. Just he's a comedy. Just ninja. don't even. It's not. Don't say his name is Tazawa. It's fine. He doesn't even wrestle matches anymore. He just <laughs> no. runs around in a ninja outfit. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? They're so bad. God, this company is so, so fucking horrendous and terrible. Bad. Jesus Christ. You have a cure to someone. You do nothing. Rich, you have that roster. Oh, my God. You have that roster. And Adam Pierce, and Adam Pierce is made of editing a pay-per-view. And people tell us, no, it's a good story. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Here's the thing. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's do it, yeah. Here's the thing. Like, the, even if it is a good story and makes sense and is logical and Roman is like has this false sense of bravado and he'd rather take advantage of a guy who's not even a wrestler than face a real challenger. I get all that. I understand. Even if it makes sense and it's a good story, the fact that they have to tell that story with an agent, with the roster that they have, is, is a condemnation of not. That's enough. To shit, I like that. You shouldn't have to tell that story. 
and and twist yourself into a pretzel and do things with an agent when you have a roster that's stacked and that deep. And this is why this podcast never bent over backwards for this Roman Reigns head of the table stuff. We acknowledged he was performing well. We acknowledged it, it had a chance to revive his career. All of those things are true. I think he's doing a great job. I think this could be the catapult to a face turn someday, and he can finally get over the way everyone thought he could. But we kept that at arm's length because you have to keep everything yep. in that company at arm's length. Rich knew immediately that the Uso was going to end up turning and joining him, okay, months ago. And then we never heaped all the praise that everyone else is heaping because what's the end result? Adam Pierce. Because you know this is how they do things. You know, it, there's no stars that, that are going to be made out of this. There's no, no one's going to be elevated. Because they've killed everybody off. Remember the, remember the Big E? Oh, this is a great opportunity now for Big E to move up the ladder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> again. Defeat Roman. And, okay, guys. <laughs> sure. <laughs> do you remember the pounding I took? The pounding I took for saying that, that Big E is dead wrong and he needs to stop rolling down the aisle and being the fucking New Day comedy guy. And now look, he's never going hey, to get over that's the That's WWE Intercontinental Champion Big E Langston to you, Oh, sir. well, the prestigious Intercontinental <laughs> right. title. I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, even he doesn't get it. And I like Big E, but he is lost. He doesn't understand that that stuff is only going to get you to a certain level. But, um, you know, it's, that's why you got to keep it at arm's length. That's why I was never going to get fully invested in this great Roman thing. Because it, it's it can never be great there. It can't be. You know, it is, they, they, they trip over their own dicks and they make it too complicated. And what you end up with is Adam Pierce. Now, who knows if that match will even happen? Maybe eventually it does. Who knows? I don't know. But you can't sit there. I don't care how good and logical the story is. You shouldn't have to tell a story like that with the roster that you have. You should be churning out star after star. They should be in a position where they have so many potential stars that people are backstabbing each other and there's a scratch and fight to the top. And, and uh, you know, it, it should be, all right, should they choose this guy or this guy? And it should be like a hot debate. Yet they have no one. There's no one ready to ascend to be a star in that company, despite the fact they're so deep and so stacked because they don't know how to make them. It's, it's the biggest indictment, and it's part of the reason why they are the worst wrestling company in the history of the earth right now, Major League Company. To have a roster like that and not be able to make a star and have an agent in your world title match at the Royal Rumble? Utter disaster. Yeah, it's terrible. You know, I, I'm I'm going back and watching some of these rumbles uh, for for the Rumble Rewind, and and you know, I'm reminded of the Bob Backlund run in like '94 when they had to give the title back to him because they just had like literally nobody on the roster to to, to you know they wanted to be a tra- he was a transitional champion, but they needed uh, you know a heel for Bret Hart to face, and they had nobody. They had nobody ready to go because like they had been decimated over the years and a bunch of steroid firings and all that sort of. Stuff. They had to go to Bob Backlund in 1994, but it was understandable in 1994 when you had literally nobody when that roster with Bret Hart. Diesel, who was still on the rise, and you know nobody else was ready. Yokozuna and the Undertaker was it. That was it. You had those four guys, and that was it. And the Undertaker was dead. <laughs> you killed him, so you needed somebody else. It's just like you compare that to today, and ju- just grab the top four guys from NXT and put them on the main roster, and you're ready to go. You should be ready to go in a hypothetical universe. Any any idiot there with with total extreme wrestling or EWR or whatever could book a thousand times better and have stars up the wazoo in this company, and they have Adam Pearce and. That's it. It's 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 and you know what they're doing with Roman right now is what 
was done to Roman the whole time. They're having the heel just eat everybody up and make sure they don't become a star. Well, and I had a question with that one of these uh, one of the Q and A's a few weeks ago that that I did is is somebody said you know is this Roman thing any different than it was when he was a babyface? And I'm like you know. No, the not really. <laughs> it's really not. He's just it's, rolling it's, on the other side. Of yeah, it, he's just on know? the other side, but he's eating everybody alive, and he's the only guy that matters. It's just a yep. different way to tell that same story. Yeah. Big time text here. Check this out. Okay, what do you got? This is, this Rich, this is why when you know, you know, and you marry him. This is why. Mind reader. She can't hear me doing my show. She wasn't even home before. You ready for this text? I ordered us dinner. Smiley face. So you will have a good dinner when you are done working. Heart. Working. How about that? She calls this working? I've convinced her it's working. Damn. Okay, keep the room. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> are you done with that dumb, stupid podcast yet? I'm like, yeah, like, like it just be with my feet up. Like, I'm like, this is work. You know, it's very hard. And, you know, we got, you know, she'll be jacking around in the, and I'm like, I got to go. I got, you know, th- I tell her thousands of people listening live. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Thousands of people will listen eventually, but I like to tell her thousands listen live or whatever. And, and she, it's like, yeah, but I know I need to do these dishes. And I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking God, I got thousands yeah. of people waiting for me. She doesn't care. It, you know, well, no, I no, need no. you to help me with this thing before you go talk to the thousands of people. <laughs> no, I've convinced her it's a job. Damn, wow. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah, it's tremendous. Well, what are you having for dinner? I don't know. I didn't ask. Should I keep it a mystery or find out? I'd say keep it a mystery. That's that's Yeah, mystery dinner. It's Just like the, it's like the Jay White thing. You never know what's going to come. Well, what's going to happen is um <laughs> the jerk who brings it is probably going to ring the doorbell in a few minutes and then <laughs> the dogs are going to go nuts. Yeah, dogs, <laughs> dogs going to start barking. Yeah, but the dog's not in the room though, so yeah, you'll be spared. But uh um yeah, so that's uh somehow Jay White transitioning into let's bury du- let's bury WWE was not on the run sheet. It was not, but it, it'll happen. It'll happen. Um, yeah. I mean it's just so easy to bury it. So <laughs> and it, a lot of fun as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're gonna get to these new uh, new beginning cards I heard a bit and some some stuff about New Japan. Before we do that though, uh, Joe, I do need to let you know that this is a great time of year. It's the time of year where divisions are decided, champions are crowned, and Joe, legends are born. It's time for the NFL playoffs. I know you've been in on the playoffs. I, I watched last week's playoffs as well. I was I haven't watched a lot of NFL uh, over the last <laughs> decade or so, but uh, I was into last week's playoffs. I don't know why. I, there's some fun teams. I guess the expanded playoffs kind of got me. The Browns are there. I can't believe the Browns are a playoff team. Um, That's fun. I, I enjoyed last week's playoffs. Yeah, no, it, it's been uh, it was good. The new uh, super wild card: three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. That shit's definitely so. staying forever now, right? It's staying forever. How <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I'm sure people um, people were obviously betting on it. We're going to talk to you about that in a bit. I'm sure the ratings were incredible. I didn't look at them, but like, yeah, why why would you not want more teams to get involved, more ratings, and then eventually once fans come back, an extra you know day at at a home stadium with sixty seventy thousand people, you know, paying a hundred dollars a head. Like, yeah, I think probably staying for sure. Yeah, anyway. plus the plus the net plus the networks had the bid for those two extra games. Oh, did they really? Oh, those. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> CBS won the rights to the two extra games. That's, awesome. That's why CBS was carrying one of the NFC playoff games. That, okay, that makes sense. I was kind of wondering why that was. I didn't know if I'd missed something along the way, but oh, good, good for CBS. And it got me. Hey, I watched, and I haven't watched in years. So uh, there you go. So anyway, you've waited and you've watched all year as your team has rose to the top or fell to the bottom, but now it's your turn to win. Big. You've heard the name just about everywhere, including this very podcast, mybookie.ag. They're the industry's leading online sportsbook and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. With thousands of lines to bet on for all of your favorite sports, NFL, NBA is back in full swing. 
I think. <laughs> kind of. Not full swing. Uh, swing. It's in, it's in swing. It's, it's swinging. Uh, college basketball, also swinging. Uh, check, check, checks. MMA, soccer. They've got it all with the latest odds, period. You can take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, and touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Uh, visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 by using the promo code VOW when you make your first deposit. Uh, the best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit instantly, including credit card, bank transfer, even Bitcoin. You can even put your Bitcoins, Joe. I know you're a big Bitcoin guy. You can put them all in there. And by Do you, you don't have a Bitcoin, do you? you don't have one, I'm a big but... Bitcoin guy? No, I'm just joking. True? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, do, I still don't understand Bitcoin. Like, I, so, I tried to have someone explain it to me. The problem is if you ask a Bitcoin guy to explain Bitcoin to you, it's terrible because, like, they they they, they are convinced that they're going to become millionaires. And the thing, I hate to bury Bitcoin as we're talking about my bookie, which allows Bitcoin deposits. But, like, I, I understand it, but then I also don't understand it. But then it also it always just turns into, like, somebody got high and is like, but all currency, man, is just like what you think it is. And I'm like, all right, this right, we're done. Here's the thing. I understand the idea of alternate currency. Yes. That's not what confuses me. Here's what confuses me about Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, how do I acquire Bitcoin? They're like, you got to mine for it on the internet. What the fuck does that mean? That doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, yeah, man, you got to get your computer and your computer has to mine for it and you have to discover it. And I'm like, that, what? This doesn't even sound real. So that's where it loses me. And I throw my hands up and I'm like, fuck your Bitcoin. I'm sticking with cash money. Yeah. But was, if you're on mybookie.ag and you have Bitcoin. Yeah, that's right. And, and I honestly, and, and I was, I always bring this up because I have a few buddies that are like, oh yeah, well I have a, you know, 500 Bitcoin. It's worth $8 million. And I'm like, all right, well, cool. Deposit it right now. Like take it out right now. That's pretty good. Right. You want $8 million? I'm like, well, no, it, it could go up anywhere. I'm like, all right. Well, okay. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like they've never, you know, they've never cashed out on these millions of dollars that they have apparently. And no. I'm like, we'll do it right now. $10 million? When are you ever going to see $10 million in your life again? And they're like, well, it could be $100 million. I'm like, yeah, but $10 million is pretty damn good. And they're like, well, it's volatile. You never know. It could go all the way up. And I'm like, all right, well, then, like, what is this thing then? If, like, yeah, if you have no guts yeah. to ever take it out, then it's never actually a thing. And can you just take it out? Like, that's, how does that even that's work? That's what I said. I was like, well, are we gonna, well, well some places take them. I'm like, yeah, well, if you're buying a Hitman yeah. online, yeah. But, like, you know. You know who takes it? MyBookie.ag. Damn that's right MyBookie.ag does. So if you had a 10,000, 10 million, whatever, the, the, whatever Bitcoin you got, you can put it into MyBookie, uh, and they will match that deposit halfway up to $1,000 with that promo code VOW. So whether you're at home or on the go, on your laptop or your phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid. Bet, win, and get paid. At mybookie, mybookie.ag, promo code VOW, deposit match up to $1,000. There you go. All right. New beginning. Two teams, two teams playing with house money this weekend. Okay, quick. I know people like the off top. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, please. It, okay, the Browns, number one. They don't have to win. If the Browns lose to the Chiefs 48 to nothing this weekend, if you're a Browns fan, you have to be thrilled with the season you had. You went 11 and 5, made the playoffs for the yeah, first time the in like your... <laughs> right. No, yeah, you have you you found a coach, you found the answer, you you got a quarterback who now you see has the right coach can can win 11 games and get into the playoffs. If you're a Browns fan, you're see, you you just beat Pittsburgh twice in a row, once to knock them out in their building. 
if you're a Browns fan, you are playing with house money. You don't have to win this weekend. Your season is a, is a success no matter what, no matter what happens this weekend. That's team number one. Team number two playing with house money is the Rams. You don't even have a quarterback. One guy has a broken neck, and he's not playing. So the is that the official can't... injury? I, w- I watched it happen. And that no, was, no, uh... no. I shouldn't say that. He doesn't have a broken neck. He had a stinger, but he's ruled out this weekend. Got it, got it. Got so it. you got one guy with a neck injury, and you got another guy who literally cannot grip the football. <laughs> you don't have a quarterback. You're going to Lambeau Field to play a 13-win Aaron Rodgers team. Guys, if you're a Rams fan, you lose this weekend, it's okay. You knocked the Seahawks out of the playoffs in their building, your rival, last weekend, without a quarterback. You beat Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson without a quarterback and knocked them out of the playoffs. Rams are playing with house money. They both, so those two teams, I think the Browns and the Rams, play fast, play loose, bring the house. They have nothing to lose. It's what they call in gambling a free roll. You know, all upside, no downside. They have nothing to lose this weekend. So I think the Browns and the Rams are dangerous. You know, you play loose. Now, the other two games, that's not the case. You know what I mean? So um, you've got uh, Saints and uh, who are the Saints playing? The Bucks. This is, Bucks. A tremendous, this is a tremendous lineup here. I'm looking at this right now. Yeah. They, they, might, they, they might have gotten me for another week here. This is, this is some pretty good matchups. She got Breeze and Brady. That's Super Bowl or bust. You know, that's a lot of pressure on both of those teams. Breeze and Breeze might be done after this year because he already has a contract with NBC. Okay, so this might be it for him. Brady knows he's running out of time. Those teams, it's Super Bowl or bust, you know? And uh, the other AFC game is uh, Ravens and Bills. Help me out. Ravens and Bills. I mean, those are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. It's disappointing. Whoever, lo- whoever loses those games, that's disappointment. You have a you have, you can be depressed next week if you're a Bills fan and you lose that game to the Ravens. You're a Ravens fan, you lose. You're going to have to listen to everybody say Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs again. You have a right to be depressed. You're a Saints fan that could be the end of Breeze. You're a Bucks fan, you went all in. You went out and got Tom Brady, you went out and got Antonio Brown, you went out and got the Gronk, okay? Who hasn't played well by the way, but it makes Brady comfortable, so you do it. You got to win this. It's Super Bowl or bust for these teams. Okay. You're the Browns or the Rams. It's, it's house money. No one expects you to win. So I think, uh, you know, there's, there's teams this weekend with, uh, you know, different uh, expectation levels and motivation levels. So it's a very interesting weekend from that perspective. You know, Chiefs and Packers, those would be devastating losses if they lose to the Browns or the Rams. The Chiefs are what? 10-point favorite? 10, 11-point favorite? Uh, let's let's should, see what my bookie does. Let's see what my bookie's got for those. So. They can't lose that game. you know. And they didn't play well down the stretch. Well, by their standards, they didn't play well down the stretch. You know, um, Packers up in Lambeau playing against a team with no quarterback? You can't lose that game. So, uh, dangerous opponent. All right, so which, which one are you talking about? Which game were we looking for the odds on? This is at my bookie, by the way. Browns. These odds. Browns, uh, Browns are Browns be, are plus 10, 10 right now. Plus 10 right They're now. 10-point dog. Yeah, yeah, so I nailed it right on the line. I would say, I haven't looked at these yet. I would say the Rams are probably about seven, seven and a half point on the They are, they're plus seven. Rams are plus seven. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about. These are overwhelming on, like, to get the Browns on the money line are what? Like, plus fucking something stupid. Yeah, plus 380. Plus 380 for the Browns 380. money line. 
right, not as high as I thought. So it's like, you know, these teams are playing with house money. How can you not be satisfied with your season if you're a Browns fan? This is more than you could ever dreamed of. And this is the next step. Now, next year, if you're a Browns fan, you're not satisfied with losing in, in the divisional round. Next year, you want to take another step. You want to at least get to the AFC Championship game and take that next step. Next year, if you're a Rams fan, you have a healthy quarterback. No, you're not satisfied with the divisional round because they should be with, with McVay and that roster. They should be a Super Bowl contender every year. But this weekend, Saturday, I'm going to be watching that game with my feet up. There's no pressure. You know, it's the kind of game where if we're down 17 3 at the half, I'm just like, ah, you had to see that coming. So, um, just trying to talk the Browns fans and the Rams fans. <laughs> just be reasonable this weekend. You're playing with house money. And if you have that Rams defense, listen, you could be dangerous for anyone. You know what? The, the Rams have a real 2000 Ravens feel to them. Yeah, I, I was watching. That, that's a big reason why I, I actually stayed with the games is that it was just awesome to see. Because like a lot of times in the NFL, I, I watch and every time I'm, I'm a little bored by today's game because it's just like, you know, penalty, replay, penalty, replay, penalty. Re- it's just like, oh, God, this just takes forever. Dude, this was like hike, boom, fucking sack, hike, boom. You're getting killed. Like it was, it was, they, they were like ferocious. They, they, the Seahawks couldn't do anything. It was like they were scared to hike the ball. They were scared to have the ball because they knew, oh God, that team's against us. They were killing them. It was really fun to watch that. It did, it did harken me back to the, the Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, uh, who the fuck, who's the white guy? Who's the white, yeah, not Sarah, there was, who's the other white guy? No, I'm thinking of John Lynch on, on the box. That's not who I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm mixing that up, but yeah, Saragusa, yeah, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. And that's the Ravens team you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the, uh, yeah, um, you know, it, it's they have a real 2000 Ravens feel. They've got the best defensive player in the league, arguably the best player period in the league. You can't throw on them. I mean, Ramsey and Darius Williams and Troy Hill. You can't throw. If you even have time in the pocket, you can't throw on them. Um, and then the offense is just such a struggle because they don't have a quarterback. So you know they want to muck it up and and. Get to your quarterback. It's a, it's a, it's a dangerous field. And the, and the Browns, fucking house money. Just go into Kansas City and just, uh, you know, if if you can cause a turnover or two and just play fast and loose offensively, I'd bring the house on Mahomes. I mean, fuck it. You know, I mean, that's what those are very interesting games to me. And then the other two games are interesting because it's four legitimate Super Bowl contenders going up against each other. So, um. Should be a really good NFL weekend, actually. These games uh, do look very good on paper. Well, there you go. There was a, a brief. You usually have to pay five bucks to the NFL Intelligentsia, but you got one there for free uh, uh, this yeah. week on the on the Voice Wrestling flagship. So there, there you go. Uh, let's talk about these new beginning cards here from New Japan. Uh, there's also the road to be- new beginnings. We're not going to get into those, but those are kicking off uh, later this week. Uh, the first set of shows for New Japan under the uh, new uh, state of emergency. Uh, in Japan, so a lot of these are going to be very short cards, four or five matches. You know, Dragon Gate. We're going to talk about them a little bit. I've, I've watched some of their shows this week. Two hours in and out, five matches, really quick. I mean, the 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 state of emergency's got you know, the, there's some restrictions and curfews and stuff like that uh, that you kind of have to ad- adhere to. I think less fans in the buildings as well. So they're going to be weird shows for sure. They're going to be different, but uh, I mean, they're wrestling, so I'll take it. Yeah, you know, whatever whatever wrestling I can get these days, I'll I'll I'll, I'll appreciate it for sure. Yeah, so we got what is it? The one show in um, Nagoya, and then there's two in. Oh, we do this every year. Hiroshima. <laughs> what did we declare last year? We just said we were going to call it. Or you want to call it Hiroshima? 
You can call it Hiroshima. I'll call it Hiroshima. I'll, you call it Hiroshima. Then we'll be good. I'll call so it Hiroshima. We'll have it all covered. And by the way, people are going to say it's blank. We know we have. We always ask people, and we get. Every, if we ask a hundred people, we get fifty that say Hiroshima and fifty that say Hiroshima. So I'm not even people gonna, from Japan. By yes, the way. <laughs> they'll argue and we'll have people like. Well, I'll, I'll say. You well, Blank like? said it was Hiroshima. No, he's wrong. It's <laughs> like all right. Well, I don't know that. <laughs> it's like New Orleans, New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think either one's wrong. You know. So save um, your comments. We know. We've done this for old, that, ten years. That old dad. <laughs> that old dad joke. What's the capital of Louisiana? New Orleans or New Orleans? It's Baton Rouge. Oh, man. It is. Yeah, why is it Baton it's Rouge? Old, yeah. It's an old dad joke. My dad loves... My dad used to quiz me on, on state capitals all the time. I used to know them all. Now I don't think I know them uh, as, as yeah. much anymore. But there was, what's the, there was the one that always got me. And, and still to this day gets me. Is it Jefferson? Am I thinking of Jefferson, Missouri? Or no, it's not Missouri. Where, where the, what the hell is... Jefferson's the state capital of some shitty state, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Move on. Missouri, yeah. Isn't it Jefferson, Missouri? I don't know. I think we it's Jefferson City. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Jefferson City, Missouri. Not Jefferson, that's for sure. It's Jefferson it be, City. Uh, Jefferson City, Missouri is the capital. It's the capital of Missouri. Yeah, right? yeah. So but you would Jefferson. assume it would be St. Louis, right? I mean. Yeah, it's not always the biggest city. Yeah, it says what trips you up, you know. Um, Illinois is it Chicago? No, it's fucking Springfield. <laughs> See, garbage it's, ass city. Yeah, it's some wacky city, dumbass but, uh, city in the middle of the fucking state. Anyway, yes. So we got Nagoya and we got Hiroshima. <laughs> I'm I'm Hiroshima and you're Hiroshima, right? Can we switch? Can I be Hiroshima? Because I feel I feel like I want to say Hiroshima. You could say whichever one you like. Okay, I'll say I'll Hiroshima. Take you take Hiroshima. How about that? Yeah. Okay, so Nagoya, January 30th is that show, uh, and then the two, February 10th and February 11th uh, in Hiroshima. Well, let, let's, <laughs> let's do this first. Um, I've got the Korokans, because there's like 9,000 Korokans. I won't do the whole lineups, but they're, they, they're all in the lead-up. Let me see. The, la- the final Korokan is on the 25th, and the first that Nagoya show is the 30th, right? Correct. So... Okay, now the Corkins to me look like poop. Um, your mileage may vary. The first Corkin on the 17th, three straight nights, the main event is Wato and Sho versus Bushi and Hiromu. That's not doing much for me. It's not, no. Um, you know, you got LIJ in a six-man tag. Now, these are five-match shows. They're really trying to keep them short. And I think they're starting them an hour early. And the openers on most of these are Empire... Versus like Kojima and a young boy. Did you see the Kojima promo after they stretchered out Tenzon? Yes. At- oh, I'm so I'm so ready for. Uh, let's get the date here. What is it? The February? No, January 30th. January 30th. He gets his revenge against Will Ospreay. I'm so ready for that. That's like my most anticipated match coming up in 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 the world right now. I cannot wait for Kojima versus Will. That stretcher job was so good. I mean, they just put a beating the Tenzon. And um, he's coming back because he's got some matches too. But, um, I mean, the Empire has just been the most interesting thing in this company since they formed. I mean, it's just, to me at least. Uh, the 18th has Bushi and Shingo versus Wato and Tanahashi. These are all basically the same cards. They just reshuffle the deck each night. And then the third night, which is the 19th, 
uh, three nights in a row, Corkin. You've got um, – it's a six-man Wato, Sho, and Tanahashi versus Bushi, Hiromu, and Shingo. So then they put all three of them together on the third night because Tanahashi is going after the Never title. So that's what's going to be one of the big matches on uh, on the New Beginning show. So then there's two more Corkins later in the month. I'll just give you those main events too. The 23rd and the uh, – no, the 24th and the 25th. The main event on the 24th is Wato, Tanahashi, and Ibushi versus Bushi, Shingo, and Sonata. So, you know, again, very similar matches. These these, these Corkins do nothing for me. I think they're going to be a real slog. And then uh, the 25th is a derivative of the same match. Sho, Tanahashi, and Ibushi versus Hiromu, Shingo, and Sonata. I mean, they're five-match shows. They're working with a short deck. Um, so, you know, this is what you're going to get. But uh, then those all lead to New Beginning in Nagoya on January 30th. Yeah, and, and these shows, I think, rock. Like, I, I'm with you. The Corkins yeah, do good. nothing yeah. for me. The Road 2s do almost nothing for me. They're, they're fine. Like, I might, you know, watch a main event or whatever. But I'm certainly not sitting down and, 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 and you know, getting ready for two hours of hot, you know, Cork and Hall uh, Road 2 action. Because they're, they're just, they're, there's not a lot of substance there. But, man, these shows. I love these shows. They're tight shows. There's a lot of singles matches. Like, I am all in on these New Beginning shows. So, I would start out with the New Beginning in Nagoya, uh, January 30th. Uh, you have Okada and Toru Yano versus Evil and Yujiro. I don't uh, don't really love Okada back in the ring with Yujiro. I'd prefer not to repeat what we had in 2020, but uh, you got it anyway. Uh, Kotobushi, Tomiyaki Hanma, Sho, and Master Wato versus Sonata, Naito, Hiromu, and Bushi. So LIJ versus uh, just a mishmash of, of you know babyface guys uh, there. Now the final three matches, this new beginning in Nagoya. I am, oh my god, I cannot wait for these three matches. Hiroshi Tenzan goes for his revenge against Great Okan. Joe, there's only one way this match needs to end. They need to fuck this dude up again, right? Yeah, and it's going to be a battle of the Mongolian chops, too. Yes, oh my god, you're right, yes. So, and it's it's a good little feud for Okan, who's been doing a lot of losing to the top guys, to, you know, get a high-profile win under his belt. So... You know, it's the most interesting they're going to be able to make Tenzon, you know, at this stage of his career. Just put him in this little feud here and put over Okan. So, yeah. I'm trying to remember the last singles match that Tenzon had. I, I think usually, if, I, I don't know if I did that. Did he I, did he I, didn't have one last year. I did his profile. Okay, I was going to say, I, I sometimes do his profile and, and I, 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 like to, I like to note, you know, singles matches for the old guys. So he had no singles matches last year, right? Zero? No, he's had one. I'm going to pull it up while I'm talking. I, I got cage match sure. up here. So New Japan. Well, okay. So we had New Japan Cup was the only one last year. And he probably would not have been in that one. If not, for, He wouldn't have been in it. No, right. that was his only one. Yeah, but that was shockingly good. That was that New Japan Cup match against Yoshihashi. Yes. I went yeah, notebook yeah. on it. Yeah, I went notebook on it. He's had three. Since 2016, but go ahead. Jesus. Yeah, so he had the uh, uh, New Japan Cup 2019 first round against Taguchi. Lost that one. Didn't wrestle then another singles match. Then he had 2018. God, this lets you know how, how long ago this was. February 2018, Hiroshi Tenzan versus Kitamura during the Kitamura seven-match trial series. Yeah, those are the only three singles matches Tenzan has had in the last five years. Yeah. So there's the doorbell, and there's the dog. So my food's here. Um <laughs> So, you know, this will be his fourth singles match since 2016. But, um, you know, it's a good spot for, uh, for, for Ocon and a good showcase for him. 
I, I can faintly hear your dog barking, but my dogs can hear your dog barking for sure because they're like their ears are, are are popped up and they're they're excited about something. I think they heard the doorbell too, which is just very strange. So, all right, uh, let's go on then. So we had Tenzan and Okan, Kojima versus Will Osprey. As we said, I mean, you, you talk about that promo. You talk about Will. You talk about the Empire. You talk about Kojima getting a singles match. I mean, this is we talked about. You know, Kojima and Kenta being the the Joe Lanza, the voice wrestling flagship produce match. This is like this is central yeah. casting. Kojima versus Will in a fucking singles match. Yeah, I mean, what COVID is doing is putting Kojima back in the spotlight. I love it. COVID's real good. <laughs> Turns out COVID is good. <laughs> yeah, COVID rules. Um, so this has a chance to be great. Oh, you know I Kojima's really going to go in there. Yeah, you know you know what the type of effort you're going to get here. And the way they built it up. They built it up by him. You destroyed his tag team partner, his best friend. You killed that man. He had to go out on a stretcher. You don't think Kojima's going yeah. to come into this match? Fucking guns blazing with that arm. Just fucking... Trying to take this dude's head off? Oh, I cannot wait. Well, if you notice, okay, none of these guys are wrestling in Hiroshima. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like two different Empire, tools in some ways, yeah. The Empire and, um, and, and Tenkoji, they're not wrestling in Hiroshima at all. So I feel like they're just going to destroy these old men. You know, and maybe write them off for a while, because there's not—they're not even in like follow-up tags. Isn't that a little odd? I mean, it is strange, but yeah, it, it makes sense though that that would be. This, I mean, you're, the heat of these two—I mean, they're—they're going to leave both these guys laying. I know for a fact Tenzan's going to be leave, left laying. I, maybe they leave Kojima. Maybe Kojima gets taken out on a fucking stretcher, you, you know, like or, or something like that, or he wouldn't stun me. They're, yeah, they're, 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 there's heat. There's there's clear heat that that is designed here because you're right. They're it's not two days later they're going to be you know yucking it up against with Master Wato. <laughs> you know what I mean? In, yeah. in, in an undercard match at, in, in in Hiroshima or whatever. So now I understand it's a week and a half later, and maybe. Willow Spray. Well, isn't Willow Spray? He's living in Japan, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm most positive he is. Because I'm saying, like, if maybe he goes home, Okan can't wrestle by himself, and Cobb yeah, isn't there. I don't, but, think he's, I don't think he's going anywhere right now anyway, so that's... But, I mean, that, that's just an interesting thing. And then, of course, the main event is Shingo defending against Tanahashi, which, I mean, Tanahashi has a chance here. I mean, I wouldn't... I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have Tanahashi win that match, but... It wouldn't shock me if he does at all. Um, I wanted to bring up quickly, too, because, you know, the five Corkins are whatever, but the Ota City gym show on the 23rd, that's where all the juice is. Did you see this lineup or no? Uh, I, I think I did, but yeah, re- repeat it again if you can. I'll give you the highlights. So first of all, world-class tag team is getting back together for the first time in three years. Gato and Jado are on the card. Ooh, okay. And they're facing uh, Suzuki and Doki in the opener. So um, I get a chance to write about world-class tag team again in the book next year. Um, Tenkoji versus Okan and Willow Spray. Straight up tag match. And then the Rich Crate special. Elimination match. Oh, let's go. Wato, Sho, Hanma, Tanahashi, and Ibushi versus LIJ. So that'll be a lot of fun. I love the New Japan elimination matches. No, they they do a tremendous job. Yeah, I I, I cannot stand Survivor Series matches, but I fucking love New Japan elimination matches. They're always there's just so much heat with them. They do a great job with them. Yeah, and then the main event is for the junior tag titles. It's Kanemaru and Despi versus Ishimori and Phantasmo, which I think Ishimori and Phantasmo will win that. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, mid-level Despy headlining Ota City Gym. There you go. Mid-level so no more. Actually, mid-level no more, that, Joe. That is way better than the Corrigans. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, it, that's that's just as that is almost as good, just as good as these new beginning lineups. It's. I think it's better than yeah. That that lineup is right up there with um this night. Yeah, both these, both night one and night two, the the, the Hiroshima ones are are, are, are they're okay. But I kind of like, yeah, I kind of like that card a little bit better when I run these down. But real quickly here, let me just do this. I am way more into the Ota show than night two in Hiroshima. Yeah, night two is real desperate looking. Yeah, let's we'll start out here with night one. Yeah. Uh, Yotasuji, Yu Yu Umura, and Gabriel Kidd, Minoru Suzuki, Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemura, just you know, young lions versus you know Suzuki gun guys. Master Wato versus Bushi. Jesus Christ! Random singles match. Can I'll you take imagine? It. No, well, you know what I mean. Use a little foresight here. Uh, Look at the main event. Stink! I know. Look at the main event. I know. So Hiromu's going to beat Show, and Master Wato is going to walk out at the end of the night and pose a challenge. Can't you see that happening? I don't want it to. No, no. I mean, <laughs> nobody wants that. <laughs> no, but I think. You're- <laughs> Uh, Okada, Toru Yano, Hiroki Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi, just a whole glut of chaos guys uh, versus the LIJ guys. Evil, Yujiro, Dick Togo getting in the ring there, getting in, yeah. in, in the six man, Taiji Ishimori, and El Phantasmo. So excited to see old Dick in there. So uh, I'm excited to see Dick take a uh, money clip and <laughs> right. that one. Uh, Kota Bushi and Tomiaki Hanma, love that team, uh, against Sonata and Naito. And then uh, IWGP Tag Team Titles, Gorillas of Destiny versus Dangerous Deckers. Yeah, sure. Fall asleep now just reading that. I know. Who could possibly care? But at least the main event I'm pretty excited about, IWGP Junior Title, Hiromu versus Show. So that should be pretty fun. Yeah, I'll take that Ota show over both of these. Yeah, honestly, now that, read them, now that I read them, now that I read down for sure, because night two is real bad. Actually, now that I look at it, so it starts out obviously it's all about the main match, the the main event, Kotobushi and Sonata for the double titles. Um, we'll talk about that as we get closer, predicting all that sort of stuff. But I'm I'm guessing that they're not they're not doing New Beginning 2012 here, and I don't think Sonata is going to shock the world and and defeat Kotobushi to win both the titles. But uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, otherwise, on that show, uh, Hiroki Goto, Ishii, Yoshihashi, Yotsuji, Yu Yomura, Gabriel Kid, just the Young Lions, Minoru Suzuki, Desperado, Kanemoro versus Yujiro Takahashi, Taiji Shimori, and El Phantasmo, Hanma, Sho, and Wato versus Naito, Hiromu, and Bushi, Okada, so, and Yano. Right, so stop, oh, yeah, sorry, stop, sorry, sorry. So, so there you go. You have Wato on the opposite side of Hiromu right there. Oh, you're right. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Gross. Uh, don't like this at all. Okada and Yano versus Evil and Dick Togo. <laughs> don't do well, this to Okada, Okada again. Well, they're doing nothing with Okada on this tour. Okay, he's got... He put Willow Spray in the rear view, and he's just paired up with Evil for the most part. So, I don't know. Are we getting some random Okada-Evil singles match? Which, <sighs> at some point, I, 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 re- I mean, I don't know. I guess. But um, that does nothing for me. Nothing with Evil is going to do anything for me. But it's just Okada really just has no prominent spot on this tour. It's just not his tour. Yeah, no, it really. Yeah, he, it, it's good. I mean, because he's, he's against evil on both nights in, in terms of stuff. So, yeah, it's yeah. honestly it's that aspect of it. But, yeah, it's kind of. And Naito, too, is kind of like in the shadows of this tour as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Dookie versus uh, Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa. 
uh, and Jado, one of the classic, like, we just had a match, now let's have another match, you know, with yeah. other with other bad wrestlers type things, which is, is always kind of yeah. uh, uh, wonky, especially when you already have your title match, and then your main event, of, as we said, Abushi and Sonata. That show stinks, Joe. That uh, night two like is not good. So, yeah, we'll take that Oda Ward, uh, Oda Ward show for sure over this one, so. Yeah, so... Uh... And here's the thing. None of this might happen anyway. <laughs> I think it will, but yeah, who knows? February is a long time, know. man. Two weeks are a long time. A week's a long time. Ten days is a long time. Who the fuck knows? Who knows? Tokyo just set another record. It's 1,500 cases or something like that. I don't know. So um, this is Hiroshima, though. But who knows? Um, it's it's you just You can't be stunned if things get canceled. But uh, I don't know. We'll yeah, try, be, try being a sports fan. <laughs> like that's yeah. I mean, I think if you're a wrestling fan, you might be like, "Oh my god, they have to cancel these shows." As a sports fan, I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." Said you know, four NBA games canceled last night and stuff. So, you know, yeah, we unfortunately have gotten quite used to that in, uh, in here in America. So, yeah, that's what it is. All right, uh, let's uh, let's move on to Impact here. Impact Wrestling's a hard to kill show. We have a preview up on the website right now. Andrew Sinclair, uh, who always does a tremendous job with all the Impact coverage. Uh, VoiceOfWrestling.com has a, uh, a pretty extensive preview about this Hard to Kill 21 show. Uh, before we uh, you know, kind of get into the, the nuts and bolts of the actual card itself, uh, new commentary team, D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker are your new Impact Wrestling commentators. Josh Matthews took a, uh, a job as a producer. I think he's a senior producer, some shit now. Uh, Madison Rain uh, no longer doing any commentary as well. So we now have Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown. What do you make of, of that new team? I give him a chance. I mean, Stryker is a guy who – I know. Hold hold on. It is, it's hot, right? Tur- I'm sweating in here. Turn <laughs> that heat off. I was going to say the same thing. Flip that fan on too. That's all right. What would you get us? Oh, okay. All right, good. Well, yeah, I'm a, uh, listen, I'm a man with a hearty appetite. Wow. Listen. Damn. Tremendous job. You're doing great, yeah. Maybe I'll give you a little something later. How about that? <laughs> you would love that, huh? <laughs> oh, wow. All right. You too will get the monster. That's right. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll hurry up the show up. You got a you steak and then some sex to get to, so I'll get that. She got me a uh, burrito. Steak monster steak burrito. Monster steak burrito and some uh so I told us she'll get the so monster later. You know, I, I heard, I heard, yeah, I heard. So yeah. we'll try to get Did through you this. Hear what I said, D. I said, no, <laughs> we should so. get this. We'll get this impact going real quick. D'Lo Brown, Matt Striker, say something about that. Yeah, I, if I'm you, if I got like a, a, a giant steak burrito and, and and sex coming up, I'm not talking about Nevaeh and, and Havoc. But you know, you're you're a professional. This is your job, after yeah. All, so no, I'm in no rush. I I got a job to do. Remember, this is a job, Rich. Um, I'll give it a chance. I mean, Striker. He could either be great or horrible. We know that. When he's left to his own devices, he's really fucking bad. Like with the Triple H shows. And, um, triple you know, Mania. You mean triple, you mean Triple Mania? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. Yeah. Um, and D'Lo Brown, I don't know. I've never I heard of him. I have no action. clue. No. Yeah, no idea. Loved him as a wrestler. I don't know anything about his commentary game. So. Will he wear the chest protector? I God, I hope so. <laughs> Remember his weird uh, ROH run when Jim Cornette was like, I got it. <laughs> Tilo Brown is what you guys want. That was, no, no, no. That was, uh, Pierce used him too. Do you remember uh, Adam Pierce era D'Lo Brown where he was winning his matches with low blows and yes. schoolboys? 
when I stopped going to Ring of Honor. (laughs) Talk about what nobody wanted. I mean, just atrocious. Yeah, everybody everybody gives a lot of shit to the uh, the Cornette era Ring of Honor, but the the Adam Pearce level was almost as bad as well because he 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 decided overnight that it was going to become like a Southern Heat promotion. (laughs) It was just like what? Yeah, it was uh, it was a shock to the system for sure. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's your commentary team. So I know that the uh, before you get into the card, the Brian Myers Josh Alexander match has been moved to the pre-show, Rich. So oh, quick note on that. Damn. Well, I said on the pre- you really couldn't find a spot for Josh Alexander on the show. No, it's on the pre-show. Yeah. This had a build this week on Impact too. Brian Myers is claiming that there is a Canadian bias in the company. Mm, okay. And Josh Alexander is getting preferential treatment because of it. So they're so. going to settle this on the pre-show. He's getting preferential treatment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So they have to wrestle on the pre-show. Okay. All right. Correct. Makes sense. All um, right. Uh, so when we talk about this, this hard to kill. The, the the point of this really at the end of the day is is going to be the main event here that we're talking about. Kenny Omega and the Good okay. Brothers. Versus Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. I mean, that is the point here. This is the big deal. And it relates a lot to what happened on AEW this week. You know, obviously, if people didn't see AEW or didn't listen to your TV reviews, well, I mean, well, I guess the live people. The live people couldn't. Or maybe some of them could if there are these maniacs that go two times or three times or whatever. But um, people are listening on, on demand or whatever to the show. If you listen to Thursday TV reviews, they break down all that sort of stuff. But essentially what happens is Kenny Omega and Don Callis are backstage. You know, he, they're with the Bucks and they say, okay, we're going to go out there. You know, have your own entrances, Bucks. We'll go out separate. You guys can come out. And they go, okay, cool, whatever. So Kenny Omega and Don Callis come in and then Don Callis announces, you know, Kenny Omega's best friends and, 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 and you know, partners, the Good Brothers. And then, you know, the Good Brothers show up on AEW and yada, yada, yada and have that. Awesome WCW uh, style, worldwide style. Did you enjoy that? Oh, I, I loved it. it. I loved it. It's just these. That was so much fun. They get in the ring and then the bell rings and they just beat on these dorks and they just beat on the dorks for five minutes and they just dispatch them and then pin them and send them on their way. It was awesome. I loved it. And once again, we got people saying that the dorks got too much because Danny Limelight got a couple spots in in the beginning of the. Have these men ever watched Ric Flair? I'm just gonna <laughs> try. No. If you want to take no, four haven't. minutes out of your life. Go go on the WWE Network, find a WWE Saturday night from any year from 1985 to 1991 yeah. and click uh, an episode and watch Ric Flair have a main event match that goes 10 minutes with some dork and then he just finally puts the fucking dork away after a while. That's it's it's okay. It's all right that Danny Limelight did a fucking arm drag from the top rope to Kenny Omega. He's going to be okay. <laughs> They're going to sign that guy. He looks really good. He looked damn good. He looked really good, and it's not an accident that he was on the show, number one. They could have picked anyone from Dark. They picked him. New Japan liked him. He was in that back-and-forth feud with Rocky Romero, trading wins on New Japan Strong, which was was eyebrow-raising for a regular New Japan roster member to be losing matches to an unsigned indie guy. So New Japan really liked him, but AEW is going to get him, and he's earned it. I mean, he's looked good in both New Japan and AEW. And last night he looked great. He picked a great time to look really great. But yeah, I mean, we saw the Horsemen have matches like that on WCW TV for years. They'd get in there against like Italian Stallion and like, you know, two other, you know, whoever else. And they'd sell a little, but just enough, you know, to make it interesting. And then they would put them away. And that's what this was. Yeah, it was, it was always the same story as then Arn would be like, all right, no, 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 enough of this. And just fucking spine busted that asshole into the ring. One, two, three, yeah. get out of here. Go away. So much fun. And in the post-match, did you notice when the wild brawl broke out and everybody came down, 
Did you notice Kenny Omega and Don Callis slinking out of there like a couple of cowards? Yeah, loved it. Headed to the back. God, this was just such great television wrestling. That whole segment. I just, I, yeah, I loved it. So, anyway, that's the uh, setup for the main event on this show on Saturday. 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 Yeah, it is Saturday. Well, I was going to say kind of the setup because yeah, uh, what you heard, if you if you're an AEW viewer and you're trying to decide whether this uh, Impact Hard to Kill is worth your, your, your hard-earned money on, on Fight TV or whatever. Uh, VoiceWrestling.com slash Fight, by the way, if you're going to order it on Fight. Um, you heard that Kenny Omega will be one of the first AEW guys to wrestle on an Impact pay-per-view. Uh, and then Tony Schiavone told you that he thought the pay-per-view was called We Are Dead and then didn't correct himself, and that was it. Oh, okay. So that's it. So that is your, there's your build for Hard to Kill on, on yeah. AEW this week. Well, the build on impact was maybe worse. Rich Swan beat Machine Gunka with a schoolboy. Like a banana peel. Yes. I don't know if that's how I'd push my world champ. <laughs> no. I mean, that was a little little weak. Um I, I you know, I'd rather have Kenny Omega sell a little bit for Danny Limelight. Then have Rich Swan win via schoolboy banana peel over Carl Anderson for the go home. I just, I don't know. Um, Impact is so bad. It's really bad. Yeah, it's 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 a really bad show, and and it has no business being this bad because they have a good enough roster to where the show could be decent. And I think smart people running it. I thought I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. I just don't think they care. When I watch Impact, I get the sense that the people running it don't care, and it's a big joke to them. And they know they're on stable ground with Anthem and that for once they're not in danger of going out of business any second. So they just fuck around. And there's no filter. It's just, it's a bad show. So I, I guess the big, the big part of this, you know, main event is, is okay. What the relationship with AEW, the benefits. And we talked about it initially when it started with Kenny and, and, and whatnot. It was like, okay, what, you know, what is the purpose of this? What is the goal? Who, you know, what, who will benefit both, Parties should benefit. What benefits will Impact see? What benefits will EWC? We talked about it the week after when we looked at the numbers and how they kind of plummeted after that first week with Kenny. Well, now that we're coming up to this pay-per-view, which is really built on the backbone of Kenny Omega is here, and Kenny Omega is going to be in our main event, and he's going to wrestle. I, I can't say that Impact's getting anything out of this fucking thing right now. Impact or AEW? I think AEW's getting stuff out of it because they had a pretty cool angle with the Good Brothers. They're going to have a great angle yeah. with with the Young Bucks. We had somebody on the Q&A that brought up a really, really cool sort of mini story where, you know, the Bucks, how you build the blood and guts by, you know, the Bucks getting turned on by, you know, the, the Good Brothers and Kenny and Kenny doesn't need them anymore and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot you can do with it. There's a really cool story that you can definitely do with the Good Brothers. And they might have already, like, you know, they might have the Good Brothers. Now, you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't necessarily think like Doc Gallows is like an essential piece of this company, but like, you know, they, they have stuff that they can use with those guys. They have story they can use with them. I think they've absolutely enhanced the Kenny Omega character through that. I think that the relationship with Don Callis and Kenny has definitely helped him. So I could point to a lot of ways that it, I, I think AEW's benefited from this relationship just by getting the talent and just having that belt and having him, you know, Kenny feels like a bigger deal because he's on that show. But I, I, I'm really at a loss right now, you know, a month, a month and a couple weeks or whatever past, you know, to say, what the hell is Impact getting out of this? How many more people are buying well, the show because Kenny's on it? Well, that's it. They get Kenny Omega on their pay-per-view. And I think that they're hoping it pops a big buy rate by their – or big number of buys. Don't want to piss off Chris Harrington. It pops a big number of buys based on Kenny Omega's presence. Now, you can look at 
um, the declining impact numbers, and they're a little bit above where they started, but clearly lost that big bump that they got when he first showed up. You could look at the declining impact numbers and how the angle doesn't feel really hot on their TV and say that they're not going to gain anything, but I guess we'll find out. Um, you know, on a percentage basis, if they increase their buys by 50%, they're going to see it as a win. And increasing their buys by 50% really won't even be that high of a total. How many buys are they usually? They're probably doing under 5,000 buys. Yeah, I don't even know. if we, Do we ever get those numbers? I don't think I've ever even no, seen those so let's say they're doing. Let's say they're doing 5,000, which seems high. They do seventy five hundred. I mean, that's a fifty percent bump. That's uh, I'd say worth their while. Um, you know, so this this is really what it'll come down to. Will the presence of Kenny Omega lead to a pay per view bump for them? And hopefully, we find out whether it did or whether it didn't. So you remember how you said that your lovely wife treats knows you're doing a job here and doesn't. You know, yeah. buys you did it. My wife right now is is using her foot to try to <laughs> turn my computer off, and says, "Oh, she's, she's been behind me snickering yeah. for ten minutes, going, tell Joe I said hi.' So Joe, the nurse, says hi. So, oh well, hello to the Where's, newly vaccinated get, nurse. Yeah, newly vaccinated nurse. Uh, how's yeah. my? Uh... Yeah, I can go. I can be an anti-masker now. Fully That's true. You could. You're ready to go. Yeah. How was that second dose that you got? Really lovely. It was the best. I had zero side effects. Just a word of warning. Knocked around her ass for an entire day. So, uh, yeah, but it's better than getting COVID. Exactly. Right. So, Agree. And it was exactly 24 hours, and then I felt good. I climbed then the following day. All right. Well, you're the lab rat. Let me know how you feel in a week. <laughs> I love being a lab rat. It's called scientific research. Yeah, great. Yes, you they do that for the rats. That I, is literally yeah. what the lab rats are. Yeah, rats are really cute too. So you are, yeah, you are both. You're both cute, and sometimes you hate rats. I hate rats. I don't. Well, yeah, I do hate mice and rats. So. <laughs> I had a mouse in my garage, and I refused to go in the garage for a month and a half. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, so like one time, I, I was at an, uh, my old apartment, and I woke up, and there was a dead mouse. Like the I called it a rat. Say rat. It was, a <laughs> it was like baby. literally it was like. A, a, Baby mouse. It was a baby mouse that was in the toilet. I she was there and I woke her ass up at like four a.m. I was like, "Get this thing out of the toilet!" <laughs> I like, like woke up and like I just scooped it out of the toilet with my hand. I was like, "Can I go back to sleep now?" <laughs> and she could. And I felt really sad that that poor baby died. Yeah, well, shouldn't have been in my apartment. So yeah, I get this vermin out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. his fault for being I in think my. He because he was just like he jumped in the toilet and drowned. Well, good. One less oh, fucking rat yeah. in the world. So, um, good adorable move. mouse is what you meant. <laughs> Are you done? Let's go. Yeah, Get out of here. I just came to tell you. I think I retore my meniscus at work. <laughs> Fantastic. Today. All right, we'll talk. It's really bad. We'll talk about it when we're done with the show. Sorry to hear that. Okay, how long? I don't know. Longer now that you're talking. <laughs> well, I want to know because Joe's got dinner waiting for him. What are you doing? Oh my god, Joe! I'm so sorry. Go. Is it spaghetti? No, it's a monster burrito, a monster steak Ooh, burrito. That sounds amazing. And he's getting sex afterwards too. So let's go. I'm a vegetarian, so I can't eat that. But it sounds amazing. <laughs> Bye. Oh, also, <laughs> I Christ. totally agree with what you guys were saying about Kenny Omega uh-huh. and the Young Bucks. 
Great. Yeah, we make great points. We like, we do it. We're, we're tremendously smart, and we understand. You're what we're tremendously smart. Yes. Do you consider this a job? What I'm doing right now? No. Okay. See, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Um, am I working? While I'm doing this, am I working? I currently literally tore my meniscus at my job, uh-huh. so you might have to employ me at this job soon. I'm I can do that. Split it another way. That, that, <laughs> so I'm going to quit my nursing happening. job and make this my. So yes, I do consider this a job. Okay, great, cool. Well, then I got to do my job. So I got to do my full time. Well, I got paying customers. So let's let's listen. Go. I got a thousand Iceland paying customers right now. So Iceland isn't that. paying for itself. Okay. She should hit the bricks. I love all of you guys. <laughs> you know? And I still want new carpet. Go we about go eat dinner. Go eat dinner. Got your torn meniscus ass. That's not a joke. If she wants to go skipping around the Rocky Mountains twice a year, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, no, I do. I'm Jeez. aware. Yeah, I, I get it. You're not nice. I'm gonna send- <laughs> it's Joe was being mean. I'm fine. Tell Joe I'm going to send Hans to Texas. Okay. How long is this going to go out for? One more minute. <laughs> 60 seconds. Put her, on the, put her on the fucking clock. I got to tell you, the dichotomy of these wives is something else. Yeah, you got yours saying, hey, hey, babe, I got you a monster burrito, and yeah, da, da, and I got this. I know you're hungry. I bought you a delicious meal, and I'm going to give you some action later compared to that. I mean, it's just a wild dichotomy. What? Okay, you're back now. New Japan wrestling. We're talking about Impact. These Impact. none of these men are in New Japan. Yeah, I'm really excited yeah. about Impact Wrestling, and I think that no, the relationships that they're forming are really elevating the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They're making great strides. It's making them into heroes. They're like above healthcare heroes now, basically. <laughs> you think Kenny Omega is now a hero? Oh, She's more uh, than a healthcare hero. Wow, yeah. wow. Like we're being patronized COVID, now. We're and being then patronized. there's Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. So, and right. I said cure COVID. There's not even a cure for COVID okay. yet. <laughs> Would you have any, some of those weed chocolates in the? Maybe I already ate them. Maybe <laughs> that's tell, why I'm here. I can tell no. <laughs> Good night. CBD. <laughs> Good night. See you soon. As the nurse, that is uh, your life depends on that woman. So, I'm a great yeah. nurse. <laughs> That's if you go to the... I'm a shitty wife, but I'm a great nurse. That is true. I, I can I can attest to that. Both parts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Something else. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, what the hell is this doing for impact? I think we're ru- yeah. Well, I, yeah, we talked about that. Whether Omega's going to pop a buy or buy rate or not, we moved past that. I think we're running down the show now. Okay, all right. Well, there's there's that. I'm still I'm still looking forward to the match, Kenny and the Good Brothers, uh, Rich Swan and Motor City Machine Guns. I think somebody had this point. I forget who it was. It may have been on our, our our Slack. It may have been on Twitter. But like, dude, the fucking suntan man, like that dude, it's so bad, and he's been a huge part of so many stories for the last decade. Yeah, I mean that yeah. guy, good. He is the good brother of all good brothers because that dude is such a good brother that he gets involved. He's in the main event of this Impact pay per view. He's on AEW and he's fucking terrible. He's so bad. He's never been good ever. Yeah, the suntan biker man. <laughs> we got to get that clip of him saying he wants to choke us. We got to get the clip of that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great clip. Oh god, the suntan man. He's so bad, yeah. but he's in the main event uh, against Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. I mean, that, it sounds like an awesome match. I can't wait. 
uh, to watch it. But uh, yeah, what what interest level of impact though? Definitely uh, not at an all well, right now. So. If you're gonna get the impact effort levels though, that's true. Yeah, is Kenny gonna really go out there and and, and bust his ass? Is I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean I know. I don't think I don't think Machine Gunka's doing it, and I know Suntan Biker Man ain't. So uh, it's really up to Chris Saban to like you know save the day here. So the TV main event didn't exactly uh, light my fire for this with uh, you know Machine Gunka versus Rich Swan. That was not good. So I will see, but it is a one match show in terms of public interest for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, other matches on the show, we'll kind of run these down here, we'll go from top to the bottom. Uh, Impact X Division title, Manic versus Chris Bay versus Rohit Raju, because got to be a three-way, can't can't just have a one-on-one match, got to get a bunch of people involved. Did you, so. see, did you see Chris Bay and Rohit Raju took on Manic and Suicide? Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, I know that was interesting. I mean, it was obviously Caleb with a K. Excuse me. You can tell by the, <laughs> you can tell by the shape of his body, like it was Caleb with a K. I'm I'm so good at identifying these mass wrestlers. I'm telling you, um, but uh, yeah, that was the setup for the. I don't know why Chris Bay is like. They've taken such an odd turn with him since it appeared as though he was getting a push a few months ago. But um, anyway, three way for the title. I think Manic will lose the title here. I do too. Yeah, I think I think Bay will. Probably, but I could see Ro- I could see Rohit doing it too, and I like Rohit. I, I love him. I think he's one of my yeah. favorite parts of. No, he's done a great so, job. So I hope yeah. I, I, if he gets it, he, I'm fine with that as well. Because yeah, he came in as a guy that had like go away heat for me, and, and he's one of my favorite parts of Impact right now. So yeah, uh, Impact Knockouts. This is, has been a long and winding road, but we're here. Uh, Tiana Perazu versus Taya Valkyrie. Yeah, they're billing this as the longest reigning Knockouts champion versus the current champ. So. I don't know. Taya Valkyrie never does anything for me. Nah. I, I don't think she's very good. I think she's terrible. I don't think so. she's like terrible. I think she's terrible. But I don't so. think I just don't think she's very good. So I don't know. It'll be fine, I guess. Uh old school rules. Oh, I love a good old school rules match with Eric Young, Diener, and Joe Doring versus Cousin Jake, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer. That is, I cannot wait to in ten years talk about oh my god, Joe Doring was in impact and he had a match with Jake something. Rhino and Tommy Dreamer, like what a what an yeah. odd collection of talent this is, and and it just uh in some ways it represents the, the the good, the bad, and 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 some of the really really horrible of Impact Wrestling here is is you know Joe Doring coming in that's really cool because it's like hey that's a that's a guy who was a big deal a few years ago in Japan, uh, now he's here in Impact and he got himself in shape and he's doing that sort of stuff and then he didn't wrestle forever he was just kind of like there and hanging out now he's kind of here so it's cool that he's he's wrestling here but you know yeah that's cool that he's there and then the bad is like. Cousin Jake, like you can't find anything else to do with Jake something than to be cousin Jake. I mean, I I said I thought that Joe Doring versus Jake something could be a really cool match. Yes, like a couple months ago. I agree. Then, you know, this is like a fire pro random button match, except you turn the game off if when this comes up. <laughs> right, you go ah no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, Wait, Rhino good. and Tommy Dreamer. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Old school rules. It's just more excuse for Dreamer to do plunder. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm glad Doring is, I want to see Doring wrestle. He hasn't wrestled yet. So I'm into seeing that to see if he can maybe get his mojo back. Uh, do we know if this match is cinematic or not? Barbed Wire Massacre, Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan. I, I don't know for a fact, but I'm guessing it, it probably is, right? Wouldn't shock me if it is. I, I don't know for sure, though. 
Um, to be honest, I'm not interested either way. But, uh, but yeah, that's the point here. I mean, I don't care either way. I just, I think I kind of prefer it to be just a normal match. But if it's cinematic, then it's an easy skit for me right away. So, well, like Bram, Sammy Callahan has re-signed with Impact Wrestling. So, <laughs> um, there is that. I mean, where else was he gonna go? But he's the draw. Yeah. He's the draw. Yeah. Uh, it's a conspicuous <laughs> nickname. It's always been a little conspicuous, the, the draw name. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that's that. Uh, I don't, I mean, is there really a reason to predict? Who knows? We don't know what type of, we don't know if it's going to be a, a vignette match or a cinematic match or an actual match. So it's like, who who knows? Who cares? So I'm still waiting for Eddie Edwards to stop wearing jeans and go back to being a dumb uh, job. We're like two years into this now. So I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think yeah, he's I think he enjoying his new life as a, Kind of chubby, jean wearing, candlestick guy. So, yeah, I know. I, I do this every time. Every time I turn on Impact and I see him out there with his his silly looking hair and his jeans, and I'm like, God damn it, he's still he's still that. Like I, I'm just waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting for the one time where they just announce Eddie Edwards and he's back there in his trunks and he's just out there. But I don't. The farther I mean, we're literally what two years removed from that at this at point. At least, I mean, at least it was that whole Tommy Dreamer storyline where he went crazy. He thought Tommy Dreamer was banging Alicia. Yeah. It just, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, Smash, I know you're uh, very much looking forward to the Karate Man, the Karate Man versus Ethan Page. So this I will be a cinematic match, too. So, yay, great. God. Um, it's hilarious, Joe. Come on. Got to get oh, it Oh, yeah, it's great stuff. Because you have Ethan um, Page, and then you have the Karate Man, who's Ethan Page, but he's doing, like, a karate gimmick. So do you get it? Ah, it's so funny. He's got like the I headband mean, I, and everything. Yeah, it's 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 so it's really it's yeah. it's tremendous stuff. And trying and, to top that incredible match he had with Filthy Tom Lawler in Indianapolis <laughs> that fans are still buzzing about and is racking up match of the year votes in our poll as we speak. Um, I have a serious Ethan Page question for you. Go ahead, yeah, shoot. I think there's a real good chance he ends up in AEW. He's worked with those guys before. I think he was on All In, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, yes, yeah, yeah. Actually, I interviewed him backstage at, at All In because yeah. he was he was he was in the pressers and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. If he ends up in AEW and Tony Khan reigns him in, and there's none of this Karate Man bullshit and Ethan Page played by Julian nonsense, could he be an asset? Do you? When was Ethan Page in his career? at his very best, outside of the runs as the North. I would argue in Evolve, feuding with Darby Allen. Yes, I love the Evolve run. That was great, yeah. When he was just the, you know, the asshole just destroying Darby Allen. I know he fucking hates that, and he would probably say that it was his worst run, yeah. but it was far and away his best run, for sure. No, he, yeah, he hates Evolve, he hates Gabe, but as far as from a fan perspective, Gabe reined him in and got the best use out of Ethan Page that anybody has outside of the North, which is a legitimately great tag team. So it's like, I think if you get Ethan Page in a scenario, he's big, he's got a good look, he can work good enough. I don't think he's great, but I think he can work good enough. I think you can get something out of him. Oh, for sure. No, and I, and I saw him locally a lot as well because there, there was a time period where in AEW, AEW which he also hates and probably say was his worst run uh, as well, uh, there was a run that he had as, as the actual the heavyweight champion, the, the, the top champion in AEW in like 2015 
or whatever. And like they weren't tremendous matches, but they because he's never he's never going to be that guy. He's not going to be the guy that's going to go out there and have just some incredible four and a half star type match or whatever. But like he had some really really fun matches. I mean he 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 would kind of slow things down. He was against Gargano. He had a really cool feud with Gargano. I uh, ended up losing to you know Eddie Kingston. Like there was a lot of really cool stuff in that title run. It didn't it lasted. I don't know, four or five months or whatever, but that was like, this dude was main eventing shows. It's like a big, t- and this is a company that had a lot of good talent on there as well. And he was hanging with those guys. And, and yeah, it was, it was no bullshit. It was, it was, you know, he was kind of a heater. He was kind of a heel heat guy or whatever, but like, no, it was a lot of fun uh, to watch. And I was a big fan, a huge fan uh, of his title run in, in, in AEW. So yeah, no, I, I, I there, there's the building blocks are there. It's just the problem is over the last, you know, four or five years or whatever, he's, he's leaned so heavily into you know what the current indies are and the irony and, and the ha ha and the variety show and all that sort of stuff and it's like I, this guy has a lot to offer still I still truly believe that I mean he's got the size he's got the sh- you know now he's got the body he put his body together he's got the size I think at its at his core he's a good wrestler he understands kind of the the, the 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 concepts of re- you know what I mean the base concepts of wrestling he's a great talker it's all there it's just yeah you gotta you gotta tell him hey knock this shit off and let, let's get to work here let's let's make some money and and. Yeah, if you go say AW, I, I have all the confidence in the world that they'll do that. Hopefully, hopefully, if he's yeah. if he's fucking around with Miro and 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 talking about video games, then then we'll know. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I I I, I think it's there. the The problem with him is always going to be is is and it's the thing. The thing with Ethan is has always been kind of his attitude and his relationship with other wrestlers. And, and and promoters yeah, yeah. and that sort of stuff. And we we talked about this on a, on a prior episode, I believe. But he's a guy that like I I I buy I like a lot of the stuff that he says. Like I'm into a lot of the stuff that he says. A lot of the complaints. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The indies and this and that. Yeah, the things he complains about, he's absolutely right. But it's like you as the guy, you know, saying it, it just doesn't work for me as well because you don't practice what you preach a lot of times and and you know you buy into this you know sort of garbage aspects of wrestling a lot of times so i just i, I would love i would love 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 to see him in AEW and 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 really get reined in cuz I, I i do i think he's an asset absolutely yeah so and i think i think there's a real good chance we're going to see that um cuz i don't think he plans on retiring and why would he not you know why would he let his contract run out here and there is the obvious connection so He's a guy where if I'm Tony Khan, I can I would have ideas for him. There's things I think you can get out of him, uh, but he can't be left to his own devices. Yeah, you, this is what you get. You get the Karate Man. Yeah, it's exactly. Just junk. Yeah, it, it's it, derivative it, it, junk. It's tough. And and what's cool about what you could do? I mean, man. And and we talked about this many many weeks ago as well with AEW. Is AEW has become in 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 and I love it. I, I think it's one of my favorite things is that they become a talking promotion. Like, nobody would have ever thought that AEW would be a talking per- But everybody that they saw, every new guy that they sign, every new person that they sign, a lot of them have one thing in common. They can talk. Like, everybody yeah. thought AEW was going to be just a bunch of guys doing flips and doing all this. It's not. Because everybody has, you know, NXT is filled with guys that can do flips. They just signed three more guys that could just go around in there and do flips and all that sort of stuff. AEW is saying, no, 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 you guys can have your little flips and all that sort of stuff. We're going to get guys that can talk you in the building. Nobody is doing that anymore, and we're going to do it. And you talk yeah. about Ethan Page, one of the best promos on the indies. Yeah. Sliding him yeah. in there with MJF and with Eddie Kingston and with, you know, Taz and with those. I mean, yeah, with, with Ricky Starks. Like, that'd be great. He needs direction and motivation and he needs to, like like you say, um, you know, I don't want to say know his place. That's not the way I want to frame it. But more like, don't pick, don't fight every battle. 
You know, I think he's a guy who probably feels like his career should be further than it is. Sure. Think, oh yeah. And I think he's probably a little bitter. And I think that's why he just throws his hands up and does dumb shit like this and like the karate man and, you know, get in there, be part of that team. And I'm confident that Tony Khan can find positive uses for him is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Put your, put your trust. I, I know he, he has a lot of trouble trusting promoters yes. and I get it again. That's what I say. I don't disagree with him. Like I wouldn't trust yeah. any of these wrestling promoters. And I think that's largely what, what, what definitely, like you said, leads to a lot of his, his, his bitterness is like, you know, I, I've put my trust in guys or I haven't fully trusted guys and they've done this and they've done me wrong and all that sort of stuff that, and that would be if, 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 if I was Tony Khan, I would sit him down and say, I know that you've had issues but trust me, I know, you know, I have ideas for you and I think that, the, you know, whatever. And then if you do that and he buys in and he's ready and he goes, cool, I'm ready to do whatever you want for me or I'm ready to do whatever you want. Uh, and, and, and Tony says I have ideas or what? Then like that, then it can be a great relationship, a tremendous relationship. But if it starts out with the tension that it seems like it always starts out with Ethan, then like, yeah, it's going to come to that. He comes across like a guy who's bitter, who doesn't want you to know he's bitter. Yes. Like, he doesn't want you to know he's Yeah, oh, gone. it's not bothering me. It's so not bothering me that I don't even think about it. But it's like, yeah, yeah. anybody who tells you how much it doesn't bother them is, right. you know, clearly somebody that bothers him. And, and again, like, I don't totally disagree. I think he, he probably should be farther along in his career, whether it's his issue or, or promoter's issues or whatever. I definitely think so. But, you know, yeah, that would be the time to say, hey, I'm with you. I'm signing. I'm in. What do you have for me? I'm I'm all bought in because now now is the time. It's it's do or die because every bridge is done. Then every every bridge has been burnt at this point for 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 you know <laughs> for better or for worse uh, for for him. So yeah, this this would kind of be it if that's what it's going to be. So I mean, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he buys in and, and and does it. So yeah. Uh but there's Karate Man Ethan Page. Uh the rest of this card. Oh, good lord, Rosemary and Crazy Steve versus Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Yeah, just junk. Just absolute. Trash. Just I am just, I am just blown away by the fact that Crazy Steve is blind. How do you wrestle? How has he ever wrestled? What, what commission allowed that? I mean, I'm just amazed. Like, I'm, I'm amazed that he's as good as he is, and he's blind. It's so funny. Like, people were always kind of down on him, and then he said, "Oh, I'm blind." And everyone's like, everybody loves every everything you read about Crazy Steve now. Is I can't believe how good he is despite being blind. It, it, it's true. Well, Rich, what the fuck? I mean, if you're if you're a two ten hitter in Major League Baseball, and then you say, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm blind," I'm, now I'm with you. I'm with if you're you. You're a two ten yeah. hitter in baseball, you know. So absolutely, yeah. I just it's it's incredible to me. It's awesome. Yeah, I can't. I can't. If I don't have my contacts, and I can't see two fucking inches in front of me, so I'm just I'm just imagining yeah. this guy wrestling without being able to see, like he's legally blind. It's, it's uh, insane. Yeah. Like he says, he can only see like basic shapes and things. It's fucking nuts. Very impressive. Better be careful. That's very dangerous. But uh, anyway, you mentioned Brian Myers and Josh Alexander that's being moved to the pre-show. Uh, and then I know you're excited about this one. Impact Knockouts Tag Team Titles, the vacant Impact Knockouts Tag Team Titles, Havoc and Nevaeh, which is heaven spelled backwards, in case you didn't know, uh, versus Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Yes. That's Imp- a match that is happening. That is a match that is definitely happening, and it is definitely for the Impact Knockout uh, Tag Team Titles. That is... Impact Wrestling, hard to kill, 2021. Insert your Impact hard to kill jokes here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good, Rich. It's not good. It's not good. I'd like it to be good. If Kenny Omega wasn't on this show, we wouldn't even be talking about it. No chance we'd be talking about it. No, it's just not good. It hasn't been good. (laughs) Can you believe? I, I forgot. Last year at this time, do you remember what the hard to kill main event was? 
what a world what a world we've lived in since then i'll take a stab at this how about elgin tessa close it was uh tessa defeating sammy callahan to become the impact world champion oh like go to that uh dallas texas the bomb factory yeah 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 i was there as press there as press yes yeah, that was a year ago, huh? Holy shit. Ago. Yeah, pre A lot has happened in a year. <laughs> yeah. Man. A lot has happened in that year, especially with uh, old Tessa. That's, it, it, we, had, we just came up on the anniversary of the uh, Tessa Blanchard tweet as well. Oh, yeah. The uh, tweet. <laughs> the tweet. <laughs> Support each other, ladies. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that was a stressful night because I had the park. The press parking was blocks away. And it was in a paid lot, like with meters, right? And I remember asking Sean, I'm like, do I have to pay? He's like, no, 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 just park in that lot. You're good. I'm like, but it says they'll tow me if the be- – like I don't want to come back and my car has gone. And he's like, no, 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 we paid for the lot. It's good. I'm like, but other people are in this lot and they've paid the meter. So I don't want to be the guy that doesn't pay the meter. So are you positive? Yeah, I wouldn't trust him. I, 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 he's, a, he's an upstanding individual, but I don't trust anybody that tells me parking stuff because I know how those parking lots go and I know how the tow guys go. I'm not fucking around with that ever. So I stood in that lot <laughs> texting back and forth, and I could tell he was getting annoyed. <laughs> and because you kept me. coming up with rebuttals. You're like, but, but this guy yeah. paid. And he's like, I know, it's fine. I get you. Right. I, I totally get your stance, though. Absolutely get your stance. And there was an attendant, and I so I went to the attendant, and I said, "Listen, this guy says the lot was prepaid, but I see other people parking in the lot and paying." And the attendant goes, "Who said it was prepaid?" Oh no, I'm so which scared. was not no, a good yeah, time. No, that's not good. So I'm like, I explained everything to him, you know, which is an embarrassing thing to explain. So I'm like, well. I'm covering a wrestling. <laughs> yeah, event. I'm a wrestling journalist. And, I'm a broadcast journalist. <laughs> yeah, which is the Bobby last thing you want to explain yeah. to anyone, you know. So, and then he's like, "Well, I don't know nothing about that." Yeah, you're not going to the you're not going to the bomb factory to you know hang out with some girls and drink and dance all night. Yeah. You're going to watch professional wrestling, so. right? He's like, "I don't know nothing about that," so I'm not telling you yes or no because I don't want to be responsible if you come back and your car is gone. And I'm like, "Well, this is not the answer I was seeking, sir." I was looking for some sort of clarification either way. So I rolled the dice and I left my car there and then I crossed my fingers and I walked back to the lot with my eyes closed and I peeked, I peeked between my fingers and the, uh, the car was still there when I came back. So that's my little story about hard to kill last year. Uh, Sean was right on the money. Sean Graben on the money as usual, prepaying for the lot. Which is fucked up that other people were parking in the lot and paying like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they could have had a free ball and they didn't even know it. Like just random people going to Dallas to do whatever were parking in the lot that was already prepaid and paying. So shouldn't they have notified that lot attendant? Probably. That yeah, it seems like a good thing. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened there, but uh, look at, I'm looking at this area. This is a fun little area here of, uh, of Dallas where the bomb yeah, factory not a bit is. Of, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't downtown or anything. It's like, um, yeah, not a bad little because downtown Dallas is a pain in the ass, but th- that area wasn't that bad. Um, you know, I just, yeah, I don't know. I was just afraid my car is going to get towed. I'm just stalling because we don't have anything else to talk no, about. No, we're done. <laughs> we're talking, I think we might end the show a little early here because yeah. Joe's got sex and a burrito to deal with, and I got the, a torn meniscus to deal with. So yeah. 
that's how we're, how we're going. But uh, anyway, that's it. So anyway, Impact Wrestling, Hard to Kill. We'll have the uh, review up at VoicesWrestling.com. Andrew Sinclair uh, doing that uh, uh, review for us. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously all the other stuff going on. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Joe's Thursday tier reviews. Uh, the Rumble Rewind series starting uh, the next few days. Uh, covering some old Royal Rumbles. 1994, 96, uh, 2000, 2004, and then 2014, I believe, are the uh, five uh, that we selected. Uh, people, I, I, I went up for a vote, and those were the ones uh, that won. So those are the five we're going to cover initially, and then if I have time, we'll cover some more uh, as well. Doing a lot of research on those. We have some really cool nerd stats about the Rumble. And it's, it's the, nerd, the, 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 the Rumble is like the one thing you can really dig deep into, like analytics and stats and all that sort of stuff with. So uh, we're going to dig in deep, and these are going to be very long, detailed uh, shows coming up here on the uh, the VOW Retro on, on Patreon.com uh, slash Voices of Wrestling. I'll also have uh, reviews of all these new beginning stuff, uh, all the other good stuff going on in the wrestling world. Also, VoiceOfWrestling.com slash books. If you have not downloaded the New Japan ebook yet, uh, you can do so there. VoiceOfWrestling.com slash books. Make sure you give it a review as well. Uh, ratings and reviews always do help us uh, tremendously. So uh, that's it. Also, my bookie. I forgot to mention mybookie.ag, promo code VOW, uh, half deposit match up to $1,000 as well with that promo code VOW. So that's it for us. So for Joel Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.